It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Well, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, day two done. We tried to talk about sport again and got very, very far away from it. But good fun is. Great fun, mate. Country clueless. How good. Uh, just like to apologise for <laughs> calling you horse breeders, horse farmers. It's uh, okay, <laughs> mate. I think it was endearing. I think everyone out there who is a horse breeder or a, or a stud master. You're actually farming, aren't you? Growing them up and then selling them. That's farming. You're doubling down on the horse <laughs> farmer. I thought, for me, the highlight today was the TJ Perinara interview. I thought the way that you guys, you just the connection clearly you have, but also his his ability to converse and articulate his thoughts and to diffuse a potentially delicate situation around the Ian Foster scenario and, and TJ wanting to go to league. I thought you handled it brilliantly. Oh, he's a good friend of mine. i got that instant connection with my good friend. I love him. He's freedom of speech. He speaks his mind. He's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in, and that's what I love about him. And so it's great to have TJ on there with his honesty and uh, sharing his thoughts and wisdom. I sort of just had to let you go, to be honest, as well. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there going, oh, I should really jump in here, but why would you? Because you could just see how good you guys get on. And yeah, I thought it was it's good, good and bad, mate. Don't worry. There's been a few times where we've been touchy subjects. We won't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Some great feedback as well on the on the text and all that from it too. Foxy was the other one. What an absolute champion bloke. I probably threw him at the start when I said, Have you got over the have you got over the open yet? But what I was meaning was that it was a it's a slog playing Lynx golf, right? And I sort of I looked at Louis, our producer, and I was like, <laughs> Oh no, what have I done here? But, but Foxy, absolute champion, He's handled it man. beautifully. He's a good man, mate. And, he's, and obviously he's doing really well for, you know, representing his own golf on the big stage. That's where it's about, playing on his own open. And he loves an open. I spoke about it last year. Oh, you know, two years ago he tied 16th in the world at the open. Hell of a feat. So great to speak to our legendary golfer mate, Ryan Fox. He could be on a bit more often, I reckon, too, because he's his, the way he talks and how enthusiastic he is about A, New Zealand, but also... Around the world, um, you know, I think he could be quite good value for us, actually. Well, we're avid golf fans, mate. Maybe we could get a few tips, a few lessons from the master. Have you played with Foxy? I've, I've actually, yeah, played with him in uh, Waihee, I think it was. We had a golf, he, he runs a fishing and golf competition. So oh. I played with him there and, uh, yeah, obviously he loves his fishing, but he can absolutely whack it. Oh, quintessential Kiwi, you can whack it too. <laughs> anyway, but I think the highlight of today was probably country clueless when it comes to 
everything that was a bit of fun. All those others were serious and topical conversations. Country Clueless was fun, and we proved once again that we are Country Clueless. Horse Farmer. Outstanding. Tune in for tomorrow, because there's going to be some more great chat. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. From the far north to the deep south, it's Morina to all of Aotearoa. This is Baz McCullum and Izzy Dag, and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. It's Tuesday, 20th of July, and it's just after 6am. We have some huge talking points today. We want to hear from you. Download the app, the SENZ app. And also text us on double eight double three or call on 0800 150 811. Plenty of talking points. We have TJ Perinara and Ian Foster. We have the Olympics. We have Ryan Fox. We have many, many subjects to discuss. But before all of that, though, we have Izzy, our flair, our colour, Morena. Morena Bears. Hey, day two, lads, we're here. Uh, oh, had much better sleep last night in the hotel, hotel I tell you that. I had a great day, set up a little routine, went and did some boxing about 6.30 just to tie me out because the night before I was absolutely restless, couldn't sleep, thinking about the today, so I'm just feeling a bit more relaxed, a bit more ready to rip into day two, super excited to be here, we've got some talking points mate, uh, TJ Pedernara, he's going to come on later on today, we'll have a chat to him, see what it feels like to be back in that All Blacks camp, um, obviously there's a bit of chat flying around about his decisions with the NRL and... Fozzie coming out. Fozzie, I don't know why he did that. I back yesterday. <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll touch on that later. But a wonderful day for sport. Our, our great mate Ryan Fox, um, chat to him about the Open. What it is about the Open? Yeah, he does extremely well there. Two years ago, you got to remember, top sixteen mm. in the Open. So I'd love to chat to him about that and, and see how how he's going and how he's tracking. And he's got his family over there. And then obviously the Olympics. Yeah, that's a big talking point. Should it be? Should it not? Before we get on to all that, though, let's just go back to your boxing last <laughs> night. Because Ian Smith is a mate of both of ours and obviously follows us on the show, his 9 to 12 slot, which yesterday I, I listened to his opener and it was absolutely sensational. <laughs> He's just, an, he is a jet, isn't he, when it comes to not just sports broadcasting, but all broadcasting. So he, he gave us a little bit of advice about breakfast radio. Mm. What was it? Um, it was actually get a routine and uh, otherwise, otherwise you blow out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was his number one tip for morning breakfast. Is um, on the way to breakfast, you don't have to have breakfast. <laughs> you can actually just have a coffee, have a green tea, and just simmer away throughout the morning. And then get to nine o'clock. We're obviously finished. We'll go have a little debrief. Have a little light breakfast, but yeah, just just get a structured routine in place. Because um, I'll tell you what, yesterday about lunchtime, one thirty, I was I was absolutely knackered. Had to have a nap, have a nanny nap, and, uh, so and then you, I got up and, and got active again, and actually worked. I actually went to sleep nice and early. Well done. Well, so you've actually taken his advice on board. I went for more of the do as I say option from Smitty back in the day, and I went to the pub this afternoon. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of punts on the horses over in Australia and a, a couple of quiet beers and went home for a bit of Uber Eats and shut it down. We well, started thinking about today and trying to make sure that we prepped, which again was good information to make sure that you do your research, you come thoroughly ready and prepared and uh, and being able to ask some of the tough questions. We're going to champion our champions. We've talked about that all the way through and we will 
continue to do so, unashamedly so, but there will also be times where we're going to have to ask some tough questions and 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 ask some investigative um, uh, conversations as well. And just uh, that that could be today. We're going to have to have a couple of interesting conversations. Yeah, TJ will be great today. Uh, he'll be so good, 100% having some great conversations. But we also want to hear from the public. You know, we want to hear from you, the people out there. You've got your own opinions. You've got your own uh, insights that you want to kind of hear from these athletes. And even us ourselves, Bears, we've been there, done it all. So if you want to flick us a text, double eight double three, or give us a call, 0800 150 811, and uh, we'll happily uh, have a chat to you and answer your questions. Yeah, you're spot on. What um, what else, mate? What else did you get up to last night? You caught up with a mate? Yeah, caught up with a mate. Uh, good mate, Henry. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's in the marketing kind of um, set up. So he's been great for me, and, and I think he'd be great for our show, trying to bring some different insights and different ideas for us going forward. Um, so I just went out for, with him after boxing, had a, had a ramen in town, and... Just really, a ramen. Yeah, had a nice ramen oh, in nice. Ponsonby Central, and that's oh, a good setup in there. A you, ramen in Ponsonby Central. Oh, mate, you got to go. go. You got to go. Oh, calm down, mate. We're kind of all Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just just chilled out, mate. Went home, um, did some work, had a look at the run sheet, um, got some questions written for Foxy. Just you know, just getting setting up a routine. I guess once I get home and get a bit more structure behind me, oh, I don't know if we'll be able to have a nap at home, mate. You've got the kids. Yeah, no, the three kids and four. No, no. I was, I was speaking to a lot of uh, you know, other people on other radio shows, and I said, "What's what's you know, what do you do about these early mornings?" They said, "Make sure you get a nap in from from like lunchtime for an really? only an hour, only an hour, and then and that'll set you up for the day." And I'm thinking, Tuesday, kids don't go to daycare. One o'clock. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting a nap in. So I'm going to be a walking zombie. On Wednesday's golf day, so there's and, no nap that day. And you said to me that my golf game's going to go out the door because of this <laughs> I job. I said that yesterday afternoon when we left. So isn't it we had a bit of lunch together yesterday, a little debrief, didn't we? Just, it, was, it was quite a lot of emotion leading into yesterday's mm. first show and obviously first show for the entire network and... And so we just took a little bit of stock, didn't we? Went down the road, had a had a feed. You paid, thank you, mate. I'll TAB get the paid, one. but then I paid the TAB back yesterday <laughs> afternoon. So I don't know how that works, but yeah, we we just chewed the fat, mate. And you you, you just went on, and I was actually towards that. I got a bit tired after you did, that didn't feed. You? Yeah, hit the wall. Yeah. Just couldn't get out of there fast enough. Well, I think there's so much. I mean, it's one thing playing sport, and obviously the mental exhaustion of of. Um, playing sport in the anticipation of the result, etc. But I guess this is something a little bit different to us as well. And yeah, you know, I, I felt pretty tired yesterday afternoon too. I still managed to be able to jump on the CN app and listen to the rest of our uh, colleagues go through their work, which was awesome actually. Listening to Steph and and his chat with Hutchie was really cool. I yeah. thought. Um, you know, there was a, a really cool interview. And then I thought Beaver later on, he just sounded so relaxed. Yeah. Obviously, I've touched Beaver. on Smitty, but Beaver just hear the big, deep, booming voice of Beaver. He just sounded so relaxed, and it was great. Him and Sam sound like they were getting on great guns, and clearly Beaver's missing Kirsten and Ricky as well. <laughs> yeah, he said towards the end of it, oh, I've got a sore back for carrying Kirsty and Ricky. <laughs> but let's be honest, I actually spoke to Kirsty yesterday morning. Uh, oh, lunchtime, actually, she gave me a ring, and uh, yeah, they're doing it pretty tough over in... In Japan, um, they're, they're stuck in there really, and there's like a little area where all the broadcasters hang out. So they're stuck in there. That's the only place they can go to. And then when they get back to the hotel, they can only go back to the hotel. They can't leave the room. Uh, she reckons it's a it's a weird setup. And well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later on. Just 
about whether the Olympics should, in fact, be going on. Um, everyone will have their own opinion yep. to it, and I'd love to hear. We'd both love to hear everyone else's opinions out there too, wouldn't we? As hundred percent. So give us a drop us a, a text on double eight double three, or even better, just give us a call on oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven, and let us know your thoughts, good or bad. We like difference of opinion as well, right? Mm. We're both strong opinion people, but we can appreciate other people's opinions. Oh. We don't always have to agree. Well, 100%. We've got, we got a text message actually here, Bez. Good morning, lads. All Black squad, good, but I feel like the Groot and Christy were very hard done by. I'd have to yeah, weigh in on there. I thought Ethan the Groot from, from the South, I thought he did nothing wrong. Um, did everything that was asked of him. I feel like, yeah, he's been pretty hard done by, but... You got a, the reality is you got a 50 test all black coming in, Joe Moody. Um, he brings a ton of experience. Um, you know, he's he's wealth of knowledge. He's very good on the ball. He's good, very good around the park. So he, that was always going to be tough. And set piece wise, he's probably the, you know, the, the best front row going around in the world at the moment. Um, Strength wise, his set piece, core rolls, so nail that. So yeah, Ethan, I think he's going to have a lot of time in there. Uh, in the jersey, he's going to have a lot of moments because reality is props in that position. They, you know, there's going to be a ton of injuries, and then you got a guy like Finlay Christie, Baz McCullum, the you know the Blues halfback, the little ginger. He's, he's a hell of a man, mate. He he plays extremely well, and yeah, that's a tough one. And and Fozzie actually touched on it yesterday. He said, "Look, we we're very impressed with with Finlay Christie." And what he did, he did nothing wrong in that jersey. So that's why they're holding him, they're keeping him in the, in the environment, in the squad, you know, just to work him on, on the outside and, and touch on those little things. So the reality is he's not going to not be there. He's just, you know, TJ's just come back in and... and uh, well, I guess, I mean, there's not room for everyone, right? You can't no. you can't please everyone. There's no. going to be um, some unlucky people throughout. It's a good question. Can you just, if we can, make sure you add your name to it as well so we know exactly who we're talking to and we can build up a nice rapport with all of you guys when you call in. Um, what else have we got to discuss, mate? We've, we've got such a... I don't want to blow all our good oil early on in the show, you know? I think we've got, obviously, um, TJ and Fozzie, which I am loving the story. <laughs> I am loving the story because it's a real throw to... Well, I believe it. There's, there's so many... Uh, I think TJ is... Entitled to do his own thing. Yeah. Yep. New Zealand rugby could have given him a contract mm. and he wouldn't have had that option back then. So we'll get into that later on, but it's a fascinating conversation because I don't know if there's a right answer, uh, but we, we've got a situation where now TJ's going to have to play under Ian Foster. <laughs> and they've had a little bit of a, a bit of a stoush, yeah. which is okay. I know they're heading to camp on. Wednesday, I think it is, in Christchurch. So I'll have to have a catch up and see if there's a bit of tenseness going on in, inside the camp. But um, yeah, like it's not ideal, but it's a business. We'll touch on that later. And Ryan Fox, I'm looking forward to speaking to him too. Fox. She's really lucky, aren't we? Getting, uh, getting a hold of people like Foxy. He's good content too, Foxy. Loves the chat. I'd love to have a chat about Foxy. Obviously, with his, yeah, you know, I've got to know his father. He's an all black selector. Um, going forward, you know, I just want to I want to touch on that kind of side of it, uh, seeing if if he's had any influence, what he was like growing up as a father, if he was tough on him. Yeah, those are the questions I want to hear from from Foxy. Well, you know, you know, Grand Fox. Of course, he was tough oh, on mate. him. 
Some of the things he said to me, I was like, oh, man, you're a tough old fella. <laughs> <laughs> He's living the dream, though, isn't he? Grant Fox these days. Still, you know, invested in the All Blacks, but he's got a son that's around the world playing high-level golf. Yeah. Like, talk about pumped as a father. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be loving it oh. if my boy Riley, who's 17 at the minute, if he was able to, you know, go out there and play a bit of high-level sport, I could cruise around the world watching. Nah, we've got a great day. Looking forward to delving into all of those subjects, ripping in, talking to TJ, talking to Foxy, and just having a chat and chew the fat. So, yeah, if you've got any questions, fire them through and we'll answer them and get them to the lads. Double eight, double three is that number as well, Wiz, and it's 0800-150-811. Now, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Welcome back to SCNZ. You're listening to Baz and Izzy on The Breakfast Show. It is 20 past six. We have some great topics today, some great conversation pieces. And don't forget as well, the caller of the month will win a trip for two to Perth for the Blairslow Cup. What a prize that is. So make sure you ring in. You give us a call on 0800 150811. Now, one of those topics that we're going to discuss later on, one of those topics, which is a great talking point, is the TJ Piranara and Ian Foster, and we have got the Ian Foster interview. You know, I wasn't personally overly impressed that that played out publicly. I made that point to him. I didn't, didn't like the senior, the senior All Black coming out and 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 saying he was thinking of leaving. But I mean, that's all part of a negotiation ploy, I guess. I didn't really know what TJ was whether he was serious with the NRL or not. Wow, is he? I, I think this is big. He used the term <laughs> a negotiation ploy, and he also used the term. The senior All Black and how he shouldn't, he didn't think that was appropriate that a senior All Black would make a statement like that. Yeah, that's probably not great from from your head coach Ian Foster um, coming out and saying that. Look, to be honest, rugby is a business. He is a family. He is he is a brand in himself. So look, he's going. If, if New Zealand rugby ain't going to sign him, or they he didn't have a contract in front of him, of course you're going to go looking. And I know TJ, he he'll back himself to the teeth to to win anything whether that's league to basketball, he'll go and give himself an absolute crack at it. And he had an opportunity to go play for the Roosters. Roosters little teams. You know, his good mate Sonny Bill Williams is over there. He would have chatted with him about it. Um, so I'm not surprised that he branched out and, and down that line and trying to go and test himself at league. And I think the only underlying factor to why he didn't go was his family because with the COVID situation and things like that, I think it was pretty close, a lot closer than we probably thought. To me, there's two, there's two big issues here. One of them is that... He's a free agent, and and he should be allowed to make a decision, whatever decision he wants. Yep. And the second option, uh, the second situation, is the fact that the All Blacks jersey is so sacred, and they are the two discussion points around that. But I, the way I look at it is, in Foster, the All Blacks, if you choose to pick TJ Piranara on your side, that's fine, but don't chastise him for then the decisions which he's made previously and make him feel as if he's now got to sit in the sit in the corner and, and earn his stripes back. In the end, he was off contract. He's allowed to do whatever he wants and weigh out whatever options he wants. He's chosen to stay and to commit himself to the All Blacks. Now, if you decide to pick him, don't make him feel bad about it. No, 100%. I, I totally agree. Um once he made it, you know, Fozzie's obviously come out and said that we article, which has created a bit of rift within the, you know, um, 
out there in the communities. Uh, yeah, like it's not an ideal situation when your coach is saying like that. I'll be interested to see later on, get him on, on the show today, how he's reacted to that. Especially because uh, TJ, he's quite outspoken, right? Like he's strong on, on things he believes in. He's very, very passionate. You will never win a debate with TJ <laughs> Perenara, trust me. Within the circles of the camp, fellow players will agree with me. He is so passionate about anything that he, he believes in, and he will talk the teeth off that. But 100%, he believes in this decision. He, Like I said, I'm the same. When you're playing for a, a, a professional outfit, you know, my whole career, at the start of my career, I was trying to do a lot to impress the coach, to, to impress everyone else, to, uh, you know, keep everyone happy. And then TJ, he's come out and he's trying to, he's just doing what's, what's right for him and his family. Whether it is playing in New Zealand, whether it is going to the NRL, he's doing what's best for him and his family. And, his, and his, he's got a little daughter now, a beautiful wife, and that's what it's about. These guys are athletes and they've got to make good decisions and great business decisions. For me, I believe he is still good enough to be a top All Black. He's come back, he's ultimate, he's very competitive, and uh, I think he'll be great back in that black jersey. Well, that's a really good point, actually, as well, the makers, because there is many former All Blacks who have fallen on hard times. And I know that the New Zealand Rugby Association and also the same with cricket and other sports too and they set up these, the Players Association set up these these foundations to try and provide some assistance and financial support for um, former players moving forward but while you're in the hot seat and while you have the earning capabilities and, and the, ability, uh, the, the chance to try and provide for your family, you really have to maximise it, don't you? 100% Totally agree, and, and it's only a small window. Ten, 10 years an athlete has, max 10 years. It could be two years. And in those two years, you've got to make great decisions. You've got to put your money aside. You've got to invest it, whether it's property, whether it's a shares portfolio, where the, whatever it is. And I know for a fact that TJ is very, very business-minded, and, and post-rugby, he'll have no problems um, you know, bouncing into that afterlife. But reality is it's not that easy for a lot of these players. Athletes, athletes out there, they'll know that it is tough. Once that contract dries up and you don't get that wage coming in every month, that's a scary, scary prospect. And so that's what I keep bouncing back to it. It's a business. You have to look after number one and your core and your family. So where does the pull of the black jersey come in then? Because we're we're a parochial, passionate country when it comes to the all-black jersey. Where does that come in? Well, you asked that two years ago. I think it was 100% the, the, the ultimate, that black jersey. You know, it's everything. That mana that it has within that jersey, that silver fern on your left chest, you know, you've worn it. It's a special, special feeling when you're in that environment. But now with with the Japan coming on and the money they're throwing out, a bit like you in the IPL, mate, they're, they're probably matching the IPL setup. To be honest, you know they're throwing out some big dollars in the yen, and and you're seeing it. A lot of these young players that that aren't making it into the All Blacks at around 24, like a Richard Buckman, you know these guys that are that are very good. Tom Franklin, they go to Japan at 24 years old because they're getting a million dollars plus in cash, whereas here they're grinding, they're battling their way around, they're getting injured, they're putting their bodies on the line, and they're getting $200,000 or whatever that is. So, yeah, it's a business, and it's tough when he's in rugby. We want to be able to keep everyone, but the reality is we can't. We can't keep everyone, and that's just the way it goes. It's a very interesting discussion, Paul, and I would love to hear from, from you as well on double eight, double three. We have a caller online, I believe. I think we have Ian, and I think Ian used to coach you is at both rugby and cricket, so maybe he knows you extremely well. Shall we get Ian on the line? 
Morning, Ian. Hello there. Ian. Morning. How are you? You there? Yeah, have you got me? Yeah, yeah, you're there. How are you? Yeah, yeah good, mate. Is that Izzy? Yeah, that's Izzy. Ian McLaughlin, Kent's dad. Oh, Ian, how are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, good, mate, you? Yeah, oh, actually, Kent's over in Australia now, eh? With all those tattoos on his arm. No, I love New Zealand. He's been back for a few years, but he's heading back over there. Oh, is he? Uh, month, I believe. How are yeah, you, Ian? Yeah. yeah, good, mate. Good. Just walk on the streets as you do. Oh, thanks <laughs> for calling in, bud. What's your take, Ian? Hey, on, um, what's your take on this on this stance around the black jersey versus the money situation? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a tough one, mate. I'm, I'm more interested in what's happening with the halfbacks. It's um, okay. It's a, it's an interesting one when you've got guys like uh, Falao Fokotava coming back next year to see. You got you know Christie and Coates mentioned to see who they uh, who's going to be that third halfback. Yep, Falau Fakatava. That's a, that is a name that's yeah. become well known in Hawks Bay ranks and the Highlanders. So we're, we've got a wealth exactly. of you know we've got some very exciting prospects in that number nine jersey. Yeah, we have, we have. Who would you a go a for? Story about. Um, Oh, I mean, I'm a bit biased, mate, so it's a bit tough. I'm always going to pick Falao, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> better Hastings. I've been a sports fan as well, though, as you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Oh, well, lucky, mate. You lost I've got, that I've got, a, on the weekend. got an interesting story. We're going to have to wrap it up quickly because uh, we've got some, some news oh, to okay, come. So, but you're welcome to call us any time as well, Ian, especially seeing you're such good mates Don't with Izzy. Don't say that story, mate. You just <laughs> hold that one in the vault, OK? <laughs> thanks for, thanks. I've got a couple of good ones. Thanks for calling anyway, okay. Ian. Cheers, Ian. Cheers. News Thank is next with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It is just after half past six and we have not just got sport to talk about, we've also got some racing to talk about. And for our racing update, our thoroughbred update, it is Louis is going to come into the hot seat and he's going to also run us through some pretty impressive fields at the synthetic trials today over at Cambridge, Louis. Bingo, Baz. Morning, lads. How small is New Zealand? And you get Izzy's coach calling. That's great, isn't it? You don't you just love I it? haven't seen him since primary. Like, he's primary school coach, mate. <laughs> and I was like, who's Ian? <laughs> I was like, I never said the name. Oh. Keep those memories in the way. Brilliant. But you're right, Baz. Trial 23 at Cambridge today. Let me read you this. Avantage, Carmelas, Amaralina, on Trivier, bring it on. She's a thinker. Perfect scenario. Jamie Richards, your friend from Matamata. Your friend from Matamata also, Louis. Premiership leading trainer, a, a really underrated sports associated person in New Zealand. He's rolling out the heavy hitters with Tiako at the trials today because this is kind of like pre-season training this time of year for horse racing. And the, the spring is not far away. These really top-line premier horses are coming back into the stables and starting to get tuned up. The trial afterwards, 24, Predefer, Ocham, Navala, Probabil, Cornflower Blue, Festivity, Sea Jets, Rockshire. There's going to be some set. You can't punt it, is he? But it's going to be worth watching later on. We've also got Sword of State and Carmelas as well. <laughs> and don't forget another Tiaka trained horse, which happens to be co-owned by Baz. Baz. a horse called Goddard. Hey, I thought Izzy spoke in third person. Uh, yeah, there sorry. you go. Whoops. Oh, yeah, but anyway, and, and not only are Tiaka running, um, rolling out their big guns from a horse point of view, they're rolling out their big guns from a jockey point of view too. 
Opie Bosson and Danielle Johnson are both riding today over at the Synthetic. And it's good to see because sometimes trainers need their top-line jockeys to really get the feel of the horse. That's kind of what, you, you know, Opie's more than just a jockey to Jamie and and these these jockeys really are a huge part of the stable. So you know it's the big time when you get the big jockeys down there for a, a trial situation. There you go, love racing. They are racing's biggest fan in New Zealand. Bernard and the team do a fantastic job and it looks like you guys might have another cooler on the line, Baz. Just before that, before we get to that cooler, sorry, and that cooler's going to be Will, I just want to ask you... Louis, where you think some of those hot stars of the Tiakia racing stable are looking to go in the in the spring? Uh, what are I, their targets? So Avantage and I would suspect Predefer will go to the Foxbridge and then go to the Hawke's Bay Triple Crown. I would suggest that probably will not race in New Zealand. She'll go straight over, and I would, at a hunch, knowing Brendan and Joe Lindsay, who uh, in the Cambridge Stud Colours, probably be targeted at the Cox Plate again or, or a big uh, Group 1 race in Melbourne. On Trivier, there's an awesome race called The Invitation. Have Correct. A, have a look at the, in, the future's... $2 million... It's a, it's a new race, isn't it? It's a new race. It's a set weights and penalty well, invitation, invitation only. And, um, yeah, I think there's some good futures bets there. Okay, Will, are you on the line there? How's it going? We're good. What have you got for us, Will? Um, I'll just ring up about the TJ Piranara and Foster situation. And I actually feel that it's um, something that's kind of free and Foster to come out has been told from the powers above to kind of try and nip it in the bud because I think um, the New Zealand Rugby Union are actually probably more worried about the NRL starting to come into the New Zealand market like I don't think it's a coincidence that Phil Gould suddenly out of nowhere last year started working with the Warriors for Pathways there's an under televised under 20 comp that's um, started up that the NRL are funding for the TV and I wouldn't be surprised if Peter Volandis and the NRL has kind of informed NRL clubs to start targeting senior All Blacks and uh, potentially there's going to be salary cap exemptions etc for those players that sign for NRL clubs so I think something that's going to happen more and more often and I think the All Blacks are trying to nip it in the bud Wow that's very deep I like that, that's good thinking for you do you think it's, you think it's come up from above from the chairs, chairmen and, and the people above, CEO, everything like that, you think it's come from them? Yeah well, I think the, I think the New Zealand Rugby Union will be starting to get a bit worried just with the talk that the NRL are kind of having around all black players. Like if you watch the NRL shows over the last couple of years, they talk more and more about you know, targeting all black players, etc. Pathways are now getting set up in New Zealand Rugby League that, like I say, previously weren't there. And so I think you know they can see what's coming over their shoulder, and we might you know, slowly start losing some of our top talent. Oh, that's a really good point. Well, we we might pick that back up after uh, well, a little bit in a little bit of time. We're just going to remind all the callers as well that if you can maybe get a couple of questions for us for Quizzy Dag for later on in the show, that'd be great. But we'll be back with you very very soon. It's Quizzy Dag. Quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. 
<laughs> now, give us a call if you think you can take on the Quizmaster this morning. Sponsored by Temper. They've offered up some beautiful, comfy, exotic cushions, pillows. And uh, they're valued at $329. So give us a call if you think you can take on the Quizmaster. I'd love to challenge you. Bez, you think they got it? Tough questions this morning. They are tough questions. They are tough questions. I'm not sure, mate. I think I think he's starting to, already, early doors, just starting to you know, take great satisfaction at stumping a this few. This is my favourite moment. Few people Obviously to favorite. get the lungs out and get them get them going. But Oh, the phone lines are going off. The phone off. lines are going off. Here we go. We're up into it. Callum, you there? Yeah, mate. Morning. Morning, Callum. So, yep, we've got five questions. You get them all right, mate. You win. You win that temper pillow, valued at $3.29. Hell of a prize. Yeah, so five on the chop. Five on the chop, mate. You didn't ring up yesterday, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's come back for round two. Good on you, bud. You've not got a pillow, huh? <laughs> he's, he's looking for the pillow. Yeah, need one. Yeah, here we go, mate. Yeah, good luck. How many LPGA Tour titles has Kiwi golfer Lydia Ko won in her career? A, 14, B, 18, C, 21. 14. Bing! <laughs> <laughs> well done, brother. Including Tokyo 2020, how many Olympic Games has shot put a Dame Valerie competed in? Uh, four. <laughs> Sorry, Callum. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, brother. Craig, you there? Craig. Oh, Jack, Jack, Jack. Morning, Jack. G'day. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, you got three questions. You can win that pillow from Temper. Here we go. Including Tokyo 2020, how many Olympic Games has shot put it Dame Valerie competed in? Oh, go five. One more. Beautiful. Well done. What year did Sir Edmund Hillary climb Mount Everest? 19... Good question. 19... Uh... Yeah. Uh, what? What was it? What did you say? 28. 28? <laughs> yes, <well done. laughs> You're way off, man. You're way off. Good oh, effort, though. Good, good effort. effort, mate. Good luck next time. Bruce, you there? Craig. Craig. <laughs> Craig, 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 how are you? Morning. Good. Hey. Good yourself? Yep. Three more questions, mate. You won that pillow from Temper. Ready? What year did Sir Edmund Hillary climb Mount Everest? 1953. Beautiful. Well done. Who currently holds the Farah Palmer Cup? Ah, uh, Jesus. Canterbury. <laughs> Beautiful. Well done. Here we go. To win it, what number did NBA legend Michael Jordan wear? Oh, bloody hell. Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> 23. Boom. Boom. Well done, mate. Awesome. Congratulations. You've won the pillow from Temper. Valued at $329. It's comfortable. It's beautiful. It suits any types of beds. So well done, mate. Thank you very much, guys, and thanks, Temper. Good man. Good man. Well done, Is. You happy with that? Oh, I'm happy the with that. The yeah, yeah, quiz master. I just got used to this, uh, this laptop with the number of callers, so uh, I was obviously thrown to the wrong name. Oh. <laughs> it was coming up.
Ah, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Teething, teething problems. problems mate. Like we said yesterday, we're grommets at this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone will grow with us, we hope. <laughs> yeah, grow with that was us. good, though. The callers are, callers are just cranking in, aren't they? There's a few tasks. 1928, even. I knew it was in the 50s for Seaman and Hillary. 1928. Wow, 1928. <laughs> that's early. Anyway, text after this. Welcome back to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are just after 10 to 7, and we've got the text just flooding in. It is so good, Is, And also don't forget as well the Kennard's phone line on 0800-150-811. Be in touch on Kennard's. Again, get the trade. Easy experience with Kennard's hire. I read a few texts I wouldn't mind reading out here, Is. We'll just flow through a couple. Uh, the first one, morning fellas, just tuned in this morning, liking it so far. As for Fozzie's comments, it's only his opinion. Usually we only get very sanitised comments and nice to get something honest. That's from Brian. And then we've got, agree, TJ can do whatever he wants in the professional environment and so can Foster. Calling him out is just part of the same process. If it's okay for TJ, then it's okay, just as okay for Foster. That's also from Brian. I think Brian's a Foster fan. Mm. And then we've got, hi guys, on the TJ contract, and he be, he may be one, he may, <laughs> let me start that one again. This one's from Jason. Hi guys, on the TJ contract, and he may have been genuine in his desire to play NRL. Was the contract he eventually signed a better deal for him than what it was before the NRL rumours? I suspect the answer is yes. Interesting is. Mm, 100%. Oh, when you say you're going to go somewhere else obviously with his value and what he brings experience wise he is you know we know what he brings um, unbelievable game mindset he's uh, very driven he's very physical out on that field he's probably a different halfback to all three of them so they're all very different yeah, Aaron Smith very structured he's got an unbelievable pass he's a great box kick game TJ's very physical he tackles uh, he's, he's probably Better than probably most of the sevens going around in, in the Jackal era, getting over that breakdown, gets a lot of turnovers there. Probably struggles a little bit in the box kicking area. So they all complement each other. Brad Webber, great around the park, first and second defenders, way to attack there. So, yeah, look, obviously when he came out and said that about NRL, New Zealand rugby definitely wouldn't have been happy and they would have done everything to probably sign him. Um, we're going to get him on later, so we're not too, why don't we get the... Insights to what that contract and those numbers look like, Bess. <laughs> <laughs> if he gives us those, we are flying. But no, it is interesting. Brian's Brian's point's an interesting one as well. Yep. That we do often get watered down, sanitised comments from not just our coaches, but a lot of our sports stars. We've been there ourselves, and there is an element of a safe zone if you operate within certain parameters with with the way you talk to the to the media and and uh, with your public comments. So. I kind of agree with Brian that it is good to hear that uh, type of conversation or that type of language from Ian Foster. I just tend to side a little bit with more of the TJ Perinara stance on it as well. So that's why I guess it's such a fascinating and polarising topic that seems to be getting everyone going this morning, which which is what we want. 100%. I, uh, I totally agree with you, bud. Um, yeah, Foster, it, it, like I said at the start of the game, uh, yeah, today's show, it is a business, and, and TJ is probably the only player that is actually speaking out. Yeah, a lot of the players, and, and I'll contest to this. I was probably similar. You, you get you become afraid to speak out, speak your mind because of the black backlash from higher above. And yes, 
we are representing this All Blacks brand and it goes against what the All Blacks brand's about, blah, 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 and all that. Um, don't get me wrong, I love the All Blacks brand, but TJ, the way he just speaks his mind, speaks his freedom, um, and looks after him and, and his family and his values, you know, I take my hat off to him. He's, he, he's speaking out and he's leading the way in freedom of speech. Spot on, brother. Also, I enjoy Will's comments as well because it was quite a, a different take on it about league and the threats of league to the all-black jumper. But anyway, we're going to move on as well. The Olympics is obviously a hot topic. We've got a text here from Andy. Lads, I love the Olympics, but this feels like a disaster waiting to happen. I'll be surprised if all sports are completed and feels like the IOC are more worried about protecting the massive cash cow than the safety of athletes. Uh, <laughs> add to that as well that um, we've got Sarah Her. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Much appreciated. And Hamish Bond are likely to carry a flag each in Friday's opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympic Games due to COVID restrictions. That seems pretty bizarre to me. Chef to Mission Rob Rob Waddell was on Monday seeking clarity around how the flag issue might unfold, though an NZOC spokeswoman said more than likely that they would be allowed to carry a flag each. So... The fact that you have to even split up your flag bearers to to carry a flag each is surely concerning. I think they're just doing what's right for you know for the people. But the reality is these players uh, look at they're just doing what's what's you know they're following the COVID rules. Obviously, two meter two meter distance, social distancing, not trying to interact with each other. Um, they're keeping they're covering all boundaries and and to be. <laughs> Look, it is a disaster waiting to happen. And, and the reality is there's so much money being poured into infrastructure. This has been go- going on for a few years. And I know it just doesn't make sense. Tokyo and Japan is in a state of emergency. There's a 1,000 cases a day in Japan. There's already been – the bubble's already burst. We've got a U.S. gymnast testing positive to COVID. You've got two um, Dutch athletes testing positive as well. And, and there's probably going to be many more going forward. So for me, this is a weird game. And obviously I spoke about – talking to Kirsty Stanway earlier yeah. early yesterday and she said there is a very, very weird feeling over there and just doesn't it's like we were there for two thousand nineteen World Cup. Totally different, obviously mm. with the circumstances. Well I've already been involved in a tournament which was meant to have a, a safe bubble operating and the bubble burst and the tournament got called off halfway through. So let's hope that doesn't happen with the Olympics. But yeah, let's, let's well, just the, see I, I was reading an article you said IOC President Thomas Bach Comes said has said there's a zero percent chance of athletes infecting the Japanese people, but these cases are in the village already. So yeah. <laughs> look, I think he's just covering himself there. Some and, convenient and, truth. So. <laughs> uh, there'll be something in the background that's that's going on with the games, and they might have to get a certain amount of days under their belt until insurance kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Conspiracy theorists. Well, one guy who is going is Ryan Fox, and he's after the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Welcome back to Baz and Izzy on SCNZ. It is just after 7 o'clock, and we have had a great hour so far, and we've got a great hour coming Although we're just about ready for our little McCafe refuel, I reckon, is he? Oh, that if anyone's listening coffee. around the building, feel free to drop us a little McCafe coffee, please, to get the party started oh, for the second hour. Much needed. 
But uh, it's been a great morning. Like you said, we've, we've been able to cover some great topics. TJ yep. and Fozzie is hot in it. <laughs> hot topic. It's a great topic, though. It is, mate. It is. It's, it's changing the dynamics and, and speaking the freedom of speech. And, and I'm, I'm all about it. He's definitely all about that. We've got another uh, text coming, this one from Stefan. Will the prestige of the All Blacks be enough to keep the stars of the future from moving to other countries over money? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, look, I, the reality is we can't keep everyone, and that's just the way it is. The business, you know, not everyone's going to be an All Black. You know, there's only ever been 1,198 All Blacks ever you know, in, in the 100-odd years. So, look, reality is no. It's probably not, especially with the way um, you know Japan's going. The only thing that's going to help at the moment is obviously COVID situation. Uh, yeah, that's probably the, the overseas such scenario is probably not ideal with a lot of these guys with families traveling around the world, taking their, their kids and you know having to come back to isolate. I know a guy, Victor Vito, who's been over in France, he's had to come back with three kids in isolation for two weeks. So that's not an ideal situation. Um, but I still look. To be honest, I still think that that All Blacks jersey and that money and 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 you know we all grew up watching it. Kids, we always wanted to be an All Black. Whether it was a black cap and All Black, we all wanted to be a part of it. But the times are changing, and I just think the money that these places are throwing up, it's. I don't think just New Zealand rugby can keep up with it. Well, I think there's a cost value there. I think when it becomes too great and the opportunity is too great, then the value of the black jersey is maybe not quite as strong. But I think everyone does start their lives or their careers wanting well that, that question we could probably delve into that Silver Lake still but we don't want to touch on that we'll be here all day having oh. a chat about the Silver Lake still and what we'll, that does for the jersey does that devalue it does that put value into it um, you know we'll just have, yeah. we don't want to bowl our bowlers out <laughs> 10 on the trot though we want to save a bit of resources yes, nice anyway speaking about money and speaking about players around the world Ryan Fox, he is with us in just a second. He flies our flag so proudly on the European tour and all around the world. He absolutely grips it and rips it off the tee. And like many a Kiwi bloke, he really just wants to be fishing with a cold one in his hand. He is a gun Kiwi golfer, Ryan Fox, and he's with us on the line. Hey, Foxy. Morning, boys. Have you got over the open yet, mate? Oh, yeah, I mean... You guys know what sport's like. It can be a bit brutal at times, and no matter how well you feel like it's going, you're only one ball, one kick, one shot away from it uh, turning on you, and that's sort of what happened to me yesterday afternoon. You must have been delighted, though, with your first three rounds. when You were sitting there, sitting pretty, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, look, I was really happy with, with how everything was. I was playing a bit scratchy in the lead-up, and then to to go and do what I did the first two rounds and, and feel like I could compete with the best in the world was great. And then, um, you know, golf, golf came and kicked me in the ass a little bit the last <laughs> two rounds. I, I was really close on Saturday. Just a couple of, I wouldn't even say silly mistakes, just what happens in Lynx golf. You can just be just off. And I hit it in the face of a couple of bunkers and made a couple of doubles kind of out of nowhere. And unfortunately that, that's what happens, and then it was a little bit the same on Sunday. I just didn't really get anything out of out of my round, but you know, overall, it was a was a pretty good week, even though it was a disappointing finish. Well, thanks for ch- uh, tuning in with us, Foxy. If you got any questions, make sure you flick us a text for Foxy double eight double three, and uh, we'll fire those through to you. Hey, uh, obviously, watching on TV, Foxy probably doesn't do it justice how tough that course was. Can you explain a bit more about those bunkers and the rough, uh, and how tough it was out there? 
to be fair, the bunkers for Lynx course for a Lynx course weren't too brutal. Um, I did. You, you could hit it in some bad spots, and I did manage to do that a couple of times. But you know, compare them to Carnoustie or St Andrews, for instance, they were actually pretty fair. Um, you know, it's still a penalty if you hit it in them off the tee. It's still a hack out sideways, but. You know, you didn't get too many of the ones where you, you saw guys hitting it off the knees or having to hit it out backwards. So, in that sense, they were more penal than normal, but nowhere near as penal as they can be. Um, but the rough last week was just brutal. I mean, it was. Uh, we're lucky we had spotters. Um, if you've got no, if we had no spotters, they'd be six-hour rounds because guys would be looking for balls um, and losing plenty of balls. And um, you know, I, I certainly had a few in the in the junk this week. Um, and, you know, trying to hit it out, sometimes you couldn't advance it more than 30 or 40 metres. And I had a couple in practice that I could only just get back out to the fairway. I think I had one in the tournament on the fifth hole where I was trying to hit it out sideways and left. Uh, and I managed to advance it two yards with a lob wedge, which, wow. you know, that's pretty sick if I can only advance it that far. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty tough, I think, if we'd have had... Any amount of win last week, I think the scoring would have blown out massively. I, I think we got really lucky with the conditions, um, and the you know the golf course was pretty scorable considering how how tough it was. Hey, I just want to ask you, what is it about the Open 2019? You come, you, you know, you you're in top 16, you come 16th uh, that, that that Open, and then this year you're in the hunt for four days. You know, you've had some success in in the in the Open. What is it about it? Um, I just love Lynx golf, to be honest. It's the creativity, the imagination you need to play it. Um, and generally, it's pretty windy. And you know, anyone that plays golf in New Zealand understands you've got to, you, you learn to play golf in the wind pretty well. And, um, you know, we, I, I was always good at playing in the wind growing up, and I found it pretty easy to take that into Lynx golf over here. And, um, you know, to, to be able to hit lots of different shots, to, to control your ball, to... You know, had lots of shots around the greens as well, little bump and runs and, you know, putting it from miles off the greens and hitting seven irons and all of that stuff. That's that's the fun part of golf for me, and I think Lynx golf allows you to do that, and it kind of gets you out of any swing thoughts. It's just about how to how to best manoeuvre your way around the golf course. I think Jordan Spieth had a quote, something like that, last week, where it gets you out of your own head a little bit, and I think Lynx golf does that for me as well, and I just really enjoy the challenge of it. Uh, Fox, you played with Brooks Kepka on on the last day. We've we've got a question from one of our uh, our team here. Did you talk to Brooks on the last day about Bryson? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. I, I... Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as Brooks's name came up, I figured there'd be a question about Bryson. Um, yeah. Look, we. I actually did. Um, I. I did get told by a few of my mates to uh, just to pat him on the back and say, well done, we really appreciate your social media, it's good value at the moment. I kind of <laughs> said that to him and he, he had a bit of a laugh and said, oh mate, he goes, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. He said, I, I don't really care too much, but um, you know, he said it all out in the open. They, they had an agreement and you know, kind of Bryson went behind his back a little bit on the agreement and started saying some stuff on social media and then Brooks figured he was fair game and decided to have a little bit of fun with it. And I think, um, from what I can tell, you know, Brooks is taking it a whole lot better than Bryce and I think Brooks just thinks it's a little bit of fun and um, 
is, is <laughs> doing a pretty good job of it, and I think Bryce is taking it a little bit too seriously and um, obviously throwing his toys out of the cot a little bit as well. <laughs> it's great content, though. It's, it's, great. it's, it's great profile oh, it's for the sport. <laughs> hey, um, just the other thing, Foxy, you've got your family over there, mate, and considering it's all COVID times and they mentioned on the broadcast that you had them there with you, it must be a real boost for you for your morale with having them on board? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a pretty lonely first six, seven weeks over here. Um, you know, I didn't, and especially when I first came over, I didn't know when I was going to see them again. So that was a pretty pretty tough decision to make to come over. Um, and it was really nice for to catch up with them at the Open last week, to spend some time with the little one. And, yeah, I guess it probably put everything into perspective on Sunday. I mean, it, you know, normally I'd have came off the golf course you know, really pissed off and probably not wanting to talk to anyone for a while. But, you know, when you get that, that smile from the little one, it kind of, you know, it was just a bad round of golf and I enjoyed spending the rest of the afternoon with her. And um, it's great to have them up here now and, you know, it makes the rest of my year look a lot lot nicer, to be honest. And, um, you know, looking won't travel, they won't travel to every event, but they'll be able to travel to a few events around the UK and um, it just makes everything a lot easier for me. Hey, it puts things into perspective, mate. When you go home, doesn't matter how good you played or whatever, you, know, you go back changing nappies. So it's great. It's a great reality check. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, it was an interesting one going into the first round with the afternoon tea time, having to do the uh, the nappy change on a, about three hours before my tea time. <laughs> That's great. Hey, I just want to ask you, what's the buzz in amongst the golfers about the Olympics, mate? Uh, you're obviously heading and you re- be re- representing us very proudly. Is the golfing fraternity excited, or is there a bit of a bit of angst? I think there's a little bit of both, to be honest. I mean, it's you know, obviously the chance to represent your country. There's a lot of guys really excited about that. You don't get to do that very often in golf. Um, yeah, obviously we do it every week, but it's not not like you guys where you know when you you know when you put the black jersey on or the or the black cap on, you were representing New Zealand. It, you know, we only get to do that maybe three or four times in a professional career, to be honest. So mm. um, I think a lot of guys are excited about that. But, um, you know, also everyone's a bit frustrated with all the all the rules around getting to Japan, especially the guys based in the US. I mean, I, I think they, they've stopped all testing this week on the PJ Tour. No testing for COVID, no nothing. Everything's oh. completely open. And they thought the bubble in the UK was for the open was pretty strict. And Japan's a lot, a lot worse and a lot harder to get into. So I think there's a few of those guys scratching their head, but you know the chance to to represent their country certainly overrides that. Obviously, there's been a few guys pull out, and I think you know the stuff around COVID and all everything else has has probably made that decision for them. But you know there's there's still a pretty strong field going next week, so there is a buzz about it definitely. It can't be all business for you, mate. When have you had a chance to? plot a little fishing trip in the next little while? Uh, no, not for me. I'll just save it all up for when I get home. Do Get as many brownie points from changing nappies and all that good stuff over here and um, hopefully when I get back home you know, the, the boat still actually works and a couple of my <laughs> mates can can manage to get a couple of days off midweek and we can, we can get out but it's pretty limited over here and you know, to be honest, I'm not a massive fan of sitting on a riverbank fishing for carp 
or maybe maybe going out and catching some of their weird bottom fish that they have off the south coast. I've tried that once before, and it's not a whole lot of fun. So I think I'll just save it up for some snapper and kingfish when I get back home. No, good man. Well, Foxy, mate, we are so, so proud of uh, what you're doing over there, and congratulations on a real strong showing at the Open, and we wish you all the best, mate, for Tokyo. That is New Zealand golfer Ryan Fox. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Good morning. It's 21 minutes past seven. And you're with Izzy, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I just want to remind you, the caller of the month will win a trip for two to Perth for the Bledisloe Cup. Simply be a part of SENZ by calling 0800 150 811. And thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on Sins. And I uh, just want to touch on that, Bears. Sporting feuds. Bryson DeChambeau and Kepka. Obviously, Louis. Louis's got a goodie. What is it? McCaw and Christchurch, is it? McCaw and Christchurch. Oh, no, I mean, Cooper. Oh, oh they all love I, I was just, <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, gee, Foxy goes good. He handled that like a pro. The texts are flooding in, Bears. What's that one there? That's brilliant. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> From Doug for Foxy. We didn't have quite the kahunas to ask this one, but is DeChambeau a knob? <laughs> uh, we would have got a quick, we would have got an answer from Foxy to how good is he? Eh? He's just so honest and relaxed, but I'm thinking great sporting feuds, and I'm thinking Quade Cooper versus Richie McCall, which kind of extrapolated out to Quade Cooper versus. Canterbury, and I remember going to that um, the, the scaffold palace, I call it, the new AMI stadium, sitting up there, and every time Quay getting the the ball, just boo, and, and it, it created kind of a bit of a backlash, didn't it? It's, oh, hundred percent. Oh, I've played that game actually in Christchurch, and uh, when I, we were playing the Reds, and Christchurch was booing him every time. I actually felt sorry for Quay, and I actually tweeted after after the game that we need to stop it. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. You sheep. Yeah, <laughs> sheeple. It's pretty cool, though. I reckon for for the sport of golf, and obviously Brooks is is pretty unflappable like sort it. of a dude. He he just sort of from what Foxy's saying, just water off a duck's back. But DeChambeau seems to have taken it to heart. He's, it's rattled DeChambeau, mate. He had to come out and actually spray his commitment, uh, his equipment suppliers, uh, Cobra. He said this driver was useless, this part was useless. But, so it's actually, I reckon yeah. it's actually affecting him a lot more than people think. Well, there was another one overnight too, wasn't there, in the Formula One? That oh. was starting to gain a bit of traction too. with Verstappen. And, yeah. That's a good feud, actually. But yeah. that's a bit scary. Yeah, why? Because of the... Well, because he hit the wall at 270 <laughs> kilometres an hour. Yeah. To me, it just... It, uh... Hey, I've never been in a Formula One car, so I don't really know, but... It looked like it was just going to be a pretty good overtaking sort of move until he just clipped the wheel, you know? Hey, that's just milliseconds, eh, in that sport. you just 300 k's, like you said. No room for error. I've seen how fast the McCullums go in and out of their driveway. <laughs> Not me. That's the rest of my family. It's terrible. Young Riley. Yeah, Riley, just slow down, son. Slow down. There's plenty of time. I reckon oh. if you've got any uh, sporting feuds, give us a text. It's uh, text double eight double three. Here we go. Got a one coming in now. Great sporting feuds. Styrus and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Where Johnson grabbed his helmet? Or... He butted him. Yeah, he mad as well. Well, Mitch Johnson. Were you playing that game? Yeah, I was playing yeah, that game. What was, what was that thing? Was there actually a lot of chat going on? Um, yeah, there was nothing sort of out of the ordinary, really. I think it was just... Styrus has the ability. Scotty Styrus has the ability to just... 
just wind you up a little bit, you know? Just wind you up a fraction. And he was, I think he got the the, uh, the upper hand on Mitchell Johnson at that stage as well. And I think Mitch was quite easy to wind up in his early days. He mellowed a little bit um, later on in his career. But, yeah, that would have, I know who would have won the fight. <laughs> who? Well, Mitch Johnson. Not, he's like, not stars. <laughs> Mitch Johnson's like a like full SAS. SAS sort of. Yeah, it's, he's impressive. Scotty, I think you'd be pretty good at running away in the scrap, actually. But anyway. Was, I remember, what is it about the cricketers? We played the Black Clash, and it was, it was the entire cricketing team against Skippy. <laughs> Matty Sinclair, mate. They were heckling him. Mate, it was unbelievable what they were saying to him. <laughs> <laughs> Old Skippy. Double hundred on test debut, Matthew Sinclair. Oh, we got a good one here. Buck Shelford and Zinzan Brook. Was Ooh, that a bit of a feud? I didn't even know I there, was, know a there a was a feud. But oh. maybe just because they were both great number eights. Yeah. Baz, did you have any feuds with anyone? Like, well, there was one person that just really irritated, because I've got one and he's going to come up on the show later. Well, not. <laughs> not, not so much during my career, but there's been a couple after. <laughs> That's for another time. Anyway, what about yeah, Shane Warne versus Marlon Samuels? That one's come through as well. That's good. How about Novak Djokovic and Nick Kyrgios? Do you remember last year or the yeah. year before when Nick Kyrgios came out and absolutely teed off on Rafa and uh, Novak? And and I don't think Novak liked it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the young fellow speaks his mind. Freedom of speech, that's Nick I, Kyrgios. I love watching Kyrgios yeah. play. I think he's a freakish talent. You're sort of guy, eh? Well, yeah, you know. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> Please explain, young fella. <laughs> Caution to the wind, get the opposition on the back foot, aggressive, plays hard on his sleeve, and isn't afraid to speak his mind. I oh, really like him. Oh, that's that's actually a compliment. Oh, yeah, that's thanks, Louis. Thanks, Louis. Are you right over there? <laughs> Did you see me? <laughs> Shaking in your boots. <laughs> you don't want to skip to turn on you. Thanks, Louis. What about this one? Warren versus Samuels? Yep. Yep. A lot of cricketers, eh? What is it about you sledges? Hecklers. Well, the game lasts so long, you know? Like, so there's, there's just that time to be able to... That mental disintegration they talk about in cricket, mm. which never really happened anyway. Most of the banter is, is pretty personal, average, to be honest. <laughs> it's pretty average. Straight to the heart, personal. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's some, there's a couple of good ones, but well, there's another one come through. Richard Lowe and anyone is this a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's he's a bit of a grub, wasn't he? I've actually got a, I've actually got a Richard Lowe story that I can't broadcast. Have you? He, he playing, when I played for Canterbury Country growing up. Um, he would come every once in a while and do kind of coaching sessions, and his language was foul. Really? Oh, yeah. Took a Rugby players, eh? We're going to get TJ on the line later on today, have a wee chat to our good mate, but let's be honest, oh, on that field, mate, typical halfback, gets his waha <laughs> moving. He used to really irritate me, mate. I swear. I'd, and it was very smart for him. He took me off my game very often. <laughs> Isn't it? Talk- it's kind of the job of the halfback, doesn't it? Well, not every halfback. You know, the halfbacks talk to the ref. TJ talks to the ref and players. Oh. So, yeah, we'll have a chat to him about that later. Really, really, really irritated me. <laughs> so what sort of stuff would he say to you? 
Ah, oh, he'd mock my bald head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Hey, actually, there's one, but we had a scrum down on uh, the Hurricanes line, and Geordie Barrett was marking me, and TJ was talking to Geordie, and he was like, who only goosey, who only goosey? <laughs> so I said, all right. And so I got a flat ball from Reno off the back of the scrum, hit it flat so TJ couldn't cover, and I was wide, and then I dummy goosey stepped them on the inside, and then TJ came across, and I scored. And TJ was on me, I got up and I said, yeah, <laughs> you won. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then we lost, so he got the last laugh. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's the banter. Good banter with your mates. We've got um, another text coming. A bit one-sided, but McGrath and Richardson, that's from Matt. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think Mark Richardson... I'm not sure Glenn McGrath actually knows who Mark Richardson is. But he's <laughs> <laughs> a good man of mine. He's a fellow fellow commentator in the cricketing world as well. And um, he is torn up by the Australian cricket team of, in, of the era that he played against Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne and, and all sorts. He's been absolutely destroyed by them verbally. But, yeah, McGrath and Richardson... Um, we'll probably come up with a few more of those later on, wouldn't we? What do you think, Is? Yep, we'll get through some more later on today and have a wee chat. And uh, yep, we'll get through it. And I'm loving today's, today's chat. It's been great. Great insights. Thank you, Trudy. It is just after 7.30. You're on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we have some sporting news for Louis. Yeah, Trudy does such a good job. It's almost a bit redundant, but I just have to crowbar myself in somewhere, don't I, boys? She's outstanding, isn't she? She goes so well. Uh, This is one we touched on yesterday, so I think it's worth bringing up. Again, I want to get your take, Izzy. Wallabies winger Marika Korobeti is free to play in the Bledisloe Cup and Rugby Championship after shock escaping suspension for an alleged high tackle. Now, Mark, Stafford's Mark Stafford's opinion, which you can hear every day, Monday to Friday, from twelve. What we got into the post show uh, yesterday is, and yeah, he tried to question me, <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. The right decision was made. It wasn't a red card. He showed me this photo when the when his head was over his shoulder. Obviously, you're going to get a bit of whiplash when you get hit in the chest. So your head's going to go over. Um, no, I'm, I'm happy with that. And, and I just want to touch on that as well. Like, obviously, we, the refs have to make these decisions out there in the heat of the moment. You've got players coming at you left, right, and centre. You've got crowd noise. So I feel like this is not aimed at, at the refs. This is this is higher above with the lawmaking from World Rugby and, and all that. And they saw the light. They saw the light and the right decision was made. So we want more refs in the game. We want, we want to support our refs. So I just want to make that clear, that refs, this isn't about the refs' decision, but... We obviously touched on it with Smithy, and we'll, we'll touch on it later when we speak to him. What's the solution going forward? You know, we can't have red cards ruin our games, so there has to be a solution. And I love the 20-minute stand-down, and then you can bring a player back on. So it makes the game. We're an entertainment business. makes it fair, and it's great. And Mark should know, Baz, that you don't question the quiz master, do you? <laughs> Not the quiz master. Not the is master. The is master. The quiz master. He's always right. And rising star Coco Goff announced Sunday afternoon that she won't be able to compete at the Tokyo Olympics after testing positive for COVID. So these Olympics, uh, more doubt, a cloud of it drifting over Tokyo, which is a shame. Those are your sports headlines, Baz. Thank you very much, Louis. Um... One more, one more question, one more text come through actually. 
McCullum versus Taylor from a feud. That's harsh. <laughs> what's, what's that about? Well, that's not a feud. Well, there must be something. He must know something. What do you know, mate? Text us again. <laughs> so, obviously, I took over the captaincy under controversial circumstances mm. from Roscoe. But, look, we've got, well, I certainly, from my point of view, we've got immense amount of respect for one another. And we've spent a lot of time together. And, look, I, I just, I, I hold Roscoe on the, in the, um, up there as the in the highest echelon as not just a player but also his impact and and as a bloke amongst that New Zealand cricket side he's been nothing short of sensational and um, I enjoyed the time that I had been able to play with him and also the opportunity to play under him and also the opportunity to to lead him so I think that's a little bit harsh. Oh, I know where you're coming from, mate, because it's probably from more driven from the fan place and and the public arena media probably try and jump on it. It was the same with me when I was playing for the All Blacks and obviously Ben Smith was playing 15 at the time. So there was that, f- that, there was that perceived feud, feud that, that there was a between me and Ben Smith because we obviously want to play the same positions and thinking there was conflict. But there wasn't, mate. The reality yeah. is the best player that time gets that jersey and the reality is 2015 Ben Smith was the best fullback in the country. He got that opportunity to go in. The next year I come in, Ben played fullback, I played wing and, and we had a great combination. So... Look, it's just, it's just one of those things. When you're playing sport, there can always be that rivalry, whether it's you're on the same team, whether you're on the opposition side. So and two, not, two don't always go into one, right? No, two don't always go into one. That's or why never. I shifted to the wing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking about uh, sporting stars and old mates as well, up after this, we're going to get some more well wishes from one of our old mates, and this time it is going to be Tim Southey. Miss any of SENZ, Baz and Izzy, Smithy, Staffy or SENZ Drive? Subscribe now to the podcast via your favourite podcast channel to catch up whenever you like. Getting to know our SENZ Drive hosts, thanks to Mick Delivery. Introducing Stephen Donald, a.k.a. Beaver. My personal sporting hero is Roger Federer. It's tough to explain why. I love my tennis, but there is something about the man that's just pure magic. And my favourite sports team? Gotta be the Penrith Panthers. I've loved them since I was a kid. They were awful for about 25 years, and now they've come good again. Introducing Stephen Donald on SENZ. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Kubota's range of agricultural, construction, mowing and implement machinery are helping to shape and build New Zealand. Kubota's new and improved models continue to deliver outstanding quality, performance, reliability and value. Always ready to get the job done. Visit kubota.co.nz or contact your local Kubota dealer to find out more. Kubota, shaping New Zealand. Paracetamol, vitamin D, cough syrup, first aid, fragrance, vitamin C. Is that your shopping list? Yes, and I can get it all at the Chemist Warehouse. They're making shopping more convenient with their click and collect service. That's a great idea. How do I do that? Just visit chemistwarehouse.co.nz. Click to order your items, and within four hours, it's ready to be picked up. That sounds great. It is. Quick, easy, and best of all, it's free. Click and collect at chemistwarehouse.co.nz. What will they think of Nick? 28 in the morning, and you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Uh, text come in. Is the audio clearer on the app versus, versus the AM frequency? Listening from Christchurch. Absolutely it is. Go onto the SCN app and not only can you listen to us there on that, but you can also listen to all of our podcasts as well. Can you get Quizzy Dag? 
I reckon Justin that's a, that's a, that's you a can, headline. You can go it. on and get Quizzy Dag as well. If you're really that way inclined, just want to <laughs> hear the Ismaster, the Quizmaster daily, <laughs> just reeling off his quiz, then go on to the app, the SNZ app. Uh, from our first week at work, we thought we'd see if some of our old mates would wish us well. So we sent Louie out to track him down, and today we're going to hear from Tim Southey. Hey, Bezza, it's Tim here. I uh, just wanted to wish you all the best in your next journey in, in radio. Um, like uh, everything you uh, you care about and are passionate about, no doubt you'll be bloody good, mate. So I uh, look forward to, to tuning in and, uh, and listening to what you've got to offer. What drives Baz? I think um, Baz, anything he puts his mind to and, uh, and genuinely cares about, um, he's brilliant at, and, uh, and I'm sure this will be no different. Um, he, he genuinely cares about uh, about people and and sport, so yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a, a great mix for him and, and radio. As a captain, he was uh, he was brilliant. He was he was a guy that was born to to lead people, and um, and yeah, he was just a, just a natural born leader. He uh, had the respect of the group. Yeah, I was on the receiving end of a few um, doing messages, that's for sure. Um, I haven't missed those since he's gone, but um, but they've been uh, been always been there in the back of my mind, even though he's not been there. 2015 World Cup was was an incredible uh, tournament to be part of. Uh, Playing in New Zealand, such a big tournament in New Zealand was was special. But I think just the relaxed nature Brendan brought to it. I think there's more golf and a few beers consumed throughout the throughout the six seven week period. But um, but geez, we had a lot of fun, and uh, and that goes down to to Brendan. He uh, he brought a lot of fun when it was time to go to work. It was time to go to work. But um, but yeah, I think at times guys needed reminding that it, that it was actually a cricket tournament, not a not a golf tour. That's so good from the from the great man Tim Sally. Uh, totally different messages from him and DC. Uh, obviously, we figured it out. You're a, you're a sensible drinker, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a horrible drinker. <laughs> but oh. mate, let's talk about Tim Sally. Yeah, probably pretty underrated. Eh, doesn't get the kudos he deserves. Yeah, I think so, mate. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting point because you know I think he has been around for a long time now. Mm. Um, I guess that's one of the things when you grow up in the industry or you grow up in the um, in the environment and you're doing it in public is that people remind, remember what you were like right at the start. And when you're coming into the environment, you're quite young, you're brash and probably a little bit like myself, to be honest, with, with Tim. And, and then you're a little bit inconsistent as well as a player. And what he's now turned into and what he's now become as a his standing globally amongst um, the cricketing world and also as a as a person and as a human being is just such a, as a, it makes me really proud to see you know he's he's achieved some amazing things on the field but the man that he's become off the field is is quite significant and he's a very very strong leader within that group and the pictures of the world test championship final the pictures of Ross Taylor and Kane Williamson out in the middle were great pictures but the picture back in the dressing room as well where the whole of the rest of the squad were embracing Tim Southey, to me that told a story in itself too. He is a, a tremendous person. He's, he's not got a title within that group as such. Yep. Um, when it comes to a captaincy or vice-captaincy, you've got Kane Williamson and Tom Latham. But without doubt, he is one of the the beating hearts of, of that New Zealand cricket environment. From the outside looking in, he, he obviously you spoke about he doesn't have a title, but his title within that, uh, that group will be the flair. The energy, you know, the guy, the, the pick-me-up guy that comes in that just gets everyone up and gets everyone excited, would I be right? Yep, you are right. He's, I mean, at times he, that flair can get a little annoying. But, <laughs> but he's also, um, he holds everyone to account too. He's the values man. He's the one who mm. reminds a lot of the guys exactly where this team has come from. And, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were on a tour of 
Bangladesh and we not we had not one sponsor on the New Zealand cricket shirt. That's that's how dire things were at that point in time. And now you look at it, these are these are good days to be New Zealand cricket fans. But Tim's seen it all, and so he's able to keep the rest of the guys, maybe the guys who come into that environment now who are coming in at such better times, he's able to, to just remind them that the journey that this side's been on. And, you know, I think you know, he will go down as one of our greatest ever um, bowlers, one of our greatest ever players. Um, I just hope he he's able to be celebrated in the latter part of his career. We've got to remember, he's taken over 600 first-class test uh, wickets. You know, that's, that's no fe- easy feat in itself, but I'll have to tell this story. I have to tell this story. <laughs> he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you'll be one to, to you know, back me up on that. I remember we were playing, I think it was under-17s in Hawke's Bay, and, uh, you know, a couple of my CD mates, Joe Wheeler, remember this. I was walking to lunch, and Tim Southey, we are playing ND. Tim Southey was playing for ND. And he was absolutely, I don't know about you cricketers, heckling the house down. So me and him nearly had a full-on punch-up on the way to um, lunch, <laughs> at lunch break. It was him and this young guy, Simpson, I think his last name was. He was a left-handed batter for ND. Um, so that's that's, the, that's a, it's a funny story. He was chirping me on the way to the, obviously I was What was he chirping you about? Oh, probably Can't have been your hair back then. Uh, I had a full set of hair. Speaking of hair, someone's come out and said, <laughs> sporting feud, is he in his hairline? <laughs> It's a bit harsh, isn't it's it? It's a bit harsh. Look at me now. <laughs> Look at me now. You are flush with hair. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I have to plug this. I, if, if you anyone out there that's going bald, come see me. Flick me a little message and I can help you. I can sort you out because look at this now. I was going bald, but now I've got more hair than you, Bez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. That's, that sucks. <laughs> oh, crikey. Well, so um, we've got Country Clueless after this, mate. So oh, one we, of my faves. It's one of my faves as well, where we pretty much tell everyone how great of farmers we are. But we haven't been home, so I don't know if it's any good at home or what. <laughs> or not, <laughs> in many, many cases. But anyway, Country Clueless is after this. We will tell you all about our rural adventures. Give me a... Baz and Izzy are country clueless. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, double eight, double three. We need your help because we are country clueless. 0800 150 811, also on the Kennards line... Kennard's Hire is making trade easy with the two-hour delivery promise and heaps more. We want to hear from you guys because we have no Scooby. I'm sorry. I'm loving this text message. A top-quality artificial salad is the hair equivalent of a chicken Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's that from? You've got to put your name. You've yeah. got to throw out that You're sort of come level at of me. banter. Back it up, mate. You've got to throw out your name, please. <laughs> was that you, Karen, in the background, mate? Karen of Texas, you little... I'll get you. <laughs> country clueless, mate. Yeah. What have you got for me today well, on country well, clueless? We want to chat about pasture management, don't we? Like, Because the th- oh, reality yeah. is I've got 12 cows and they're just stomping down the ground all over the paddock. Do I need a management? And, and the, do I actually have to put in hard fences? Do I have to put in solid fencing? Because I'm sick of moving these pegs. And I love how you're looking at me and asking this question. <laughs> <laughs> expecting that I'm going to have the answer for you. Well, someone out there will be a farmer, so if you can, give us a call, 0800 150 and uh, help us out. We're just trying to deal with some pasture management, aren't we, Bez? Yeah. Well, mine's a bit different to yours, though, as well, because I've got horses, right? So They don't eat much? 
No, no, they no, do. They're fussy. Keep them they're fussy oh, eaters, though. Yeah. So, so we, uh, this is the plan. Yeah. Okay, this is the plan that we use. Feel free to tell me whether I've got this right or I've got it wrong, but this is the plan that we use. So we, our paddocks are split up with fencing. Mm-hmm. We've got the post and rail fencing. So we split those paddocks up and we have the horses go through first into that paddock, right? The horses are fussy eaters, so they only eat what they want. So then we move them on and then we bring the cattle through who tend to clean it up afterwards and clearly with their extra stomachs, they, they tend to eat more of the other stuff. And then once they've gone through, then we run the harrow around the paddock to spread out the manure of both the horses and the cattle. And then we rest it and hope that it rains so that it seeps into the ground. As so you're actually a horse farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're trying. Oh, good. That's awesome. That's very structured management. I like that. See, I'm just a rat. I got chucked them in there and it looks like there's grass and they're eating, they're mowing. Yeah, but I live in the Waikato, right? And the, the, the grass growth in the Waikato is much stronger than what it is down in... No, it's not. In Christchurch or Canterbury. Too cold, eh? Yeah, that's just, my problem. The I need frost, a, right? Well, I need to do like the, the orchardist. You know how they have those little things that, uh, that keep the, the frost off the off the apples? Yeah. Do I need to get those in the paddock? Oh, for 10 acres. <laughs> Mate, I'm doing my best to keep these cows fed. If you can afford to do that, you are flying. <laughs> Paz, you've got lots of high-powered friends in the racing industry, and you know a lot of the equine people in Matter Matter. Is there such thing as a horse farmer? <laughs> There is now, <laughs> because the quiz master is master. You are there. one. <laughs> double eight, double oh. three. Have you ever heard of a horse farmer? Oh, trainer, breeder, whatever you are. <laughs> oh, that is gold. Let's get some answers back. What are we? Are we doing it right? Are we doing it wrong? What can we do better? Please, double eight, double three. And even better, give us a call, 0800 150 811. Please. <laughs> help. This is a cry for help. Let's be honest, though, Ben, we've been away for a few days. And we got to head home, and, and we'll head home Wednesday. Uh, obviously, we'll be doing it from home, this, this kind of uh, morning breakfast. Looking forward to that. But, yeah, we'll probably have, what's the first thing you've got to do in the paddocks when you get home? Uh, well, while I'm away, actually, my wife... Alyssa is feeding the horses, yep. so she takes care of the stock and the and obviously um, all the pasture management as well. So I'll catch up on where we're at with that. Mm. Um, moving horses is not necessarily that easy as well. They're pretty good good horses. They follow you, don't you? you just come up. <laughs> <laughs> they had a little. <laughs> we did a little. <laughs> little whistle. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got it. So we'll, we'll just. See where we're at with our pasture. I noticed that things had slowed down a little bit. We actually offloaded our our cattle just recently because of uh, our pasture was starting to slow down a bit. So we have to pick a few young ones up in the in the next little while. What are you pointing at there? Is we got a oh, we got, got a caller, mate? I think someone's coming in. Little farmer, maybe not. People are just laughing at us and go, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to getting home, seeing the family, and. Uh, yeah, just checking out, out the cows and, and, and seeing what's happening with these uh, farm animals. I actually really enjoy it, and my kids love it. Um, they are pretty big at the moment. they got big horns, so I'm a bit worried about the kids. But when they're calves, they're quite cute. 
good edition of Country Clueless. Let us know what you think on Country Clueless as well. But anyway, back to the TJ situation. I just want to go back to that because this is a big, big story for today. Let's hear again what Ian Foster said just for a little bit of context. You know, I wasn't personally overly impressed that that played out publicly. I made that point to him. I didn't, didn't like the senior, the senior All Black coming out and, and, and saying he was thinking of leaving, but, I mean, that's all part of a negotiation ploy, I guess. I didn't really know what TJ was, whether he was serious with the NRL or not. Strong, mm, eh? Very strong. We're going to have an all, have TJ on soon, so be able to react and get a few questions firing in if you have anything for TJ. Double eight, double three. And TJ is after the news. Breakfast on SENZ. We're going to take a couple of texts because there's some pretty good chat going around. Oh, I love that one about your salad. Is he here equivalent of a chicken Caesar? That's cold. What else have we got there? Is read through a couple of those oh, texts. We had mate. a good one about the haircut actually. It says, "Boys, I'm 48." Sorry. There we go. Boys, I'm 48 and haven't paid for a haircut since 1996. So there are clear benefits to not having any hair. Clear financial benefits. Financial, yeah. So that's true, actually. That's a great way of looking at it. But no, I like going for haircuts. I won't go down that track. Here's one from Greg. Do you take your horse for a walk in the morning, Baz? No. No, I don't. Um, I'm actually not much of a horseman, to be honest. I love horses. I'm fully invested in the game and the thoroughbred game in particular. But I think the ability to uh, to be a horseman is, is very select... Um, for uh, for a very select few, and I don't have a great deal of education in that, but I do enjoy feeding the horses and looking after them, and I get the experts in to do all the real heavy lifting. Though, is well speaking of experts, someone said, "Is he get a rep from farmlands or the like to come give you an assessment, grow some lucerne or similar? The cows will thrive." Cheers, Robbo. That's well, great advice, really. See, that's good feedback, that's Robbo. Great feedback. That's what we're after because reality is, as you can tell, we're amateurs. Robbo sounds like. Mm. Oh, that's a, it's a good bloke name. Yeah, Robbo. Yeah, I like that. Thanks, Robbo. More punting chat, please. Can you do a segment on the weekend sports? Well, we've got plenty of punting, Louis. I don't want everyone to know that I punt hard. Well, <laughs> yesterday we told the world you won about a million dollars over the weekend. So uh, more punting chat. We can actually look the mail run with myself and Mickey G, Michael Guerin in the weekends, and then the good oil, Clado, Tainer, um, a rotating cast of legends, and of course we'll get to the weekend sports towards this weekend. Uh, the Lions Springboks game, right? That's that's this weekend, I believe. Or it's coming up pretty quick. So we've got a bunch of talk through Thursday, Friday. And um, don't worry, Texter, we will be getting to all of that. Yeah, spot on. That's one of the big things. And I love talking racing as well. So yeah. feel free. Once I guess once the, the spring rolls around and racing really starts to get flying, then um, 
then this morning show in particular, the breakfast show, is that you're going to get you just real tell educated me, real you quick. You just tell me who and I'll smash its nose. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay? Oh, I'll give it a wee absolute gold. <laughs> right, I've got one more here. Morena, boys, would be keen for you fellas to ask TJ around the thought process, re why the Roosters, and was he talking to Robbo about positions and pathways, pathway to first grade? Aparahama. Okay, that's interesting. What do you make of that? That's a great question. And we got TJ on the line. No, we haven't got TJ on the line. We're going to wait for that. But that's a great question. We can ask that to TJ when we get him soon. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of questions to be able to ask. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people wanting to know what the process was. Was he close to actually signing up? Was he keen to get into it? The position would be interesting. Uh, I guess he'd play halfback or standoff. That would well, be the logical position. I think hooker. Hooker. Yeah, oh, hooker. Yeah, hooker. Well, that's oh, a halfback. And, and, yeah, I suppose it yeah, is Yeah, similar to halfback. The hooker, mate, he would be unbelievable in that role, um, his ability. I think TJ, TJ's not answering us, is he? Typical. What about you? If you had to play league, what position would you play? Is he? Uh, I reckon we'd go down the fullback kind of line, fullback track and... Um, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. <laughs> Roger. Roger. <laughs> like, uh, to be honest, the fullback... Uh, I spoke about it, the fullback role, um, in, in league-wise, I think it would have been great for my development if I did go down the track, because there was an opportunity when I was younger to, to actually go to the Roosters. I got offered a little development contract when yeah. I was first out of school and um, thought about it. Uh, it yeah, it would have been interesting if I went down that track. But speaking of the man that nearly went down that track, he needs no introduction. Joining us now on the show, we're lucky to introduce a great man, my good friend. He's played 69 Test All Blacks. He's culturally a driving force on and off the field, and he's back in that All Blacks setup. TJ Pitanada. Morena, my brother. Yeah, Good to see you, thanks for having me. Hey, mate. Awesome to see you back in that All Blacks jersey. Let's tell us about that moment. You got named, bro. Good feeling? Uh, yeah, thanks, bro. It was yeah, it was mean, bro. Like I, like it's never a given, obviously. And then um, each time you get named, doesn't matter how many times you've been named, it's a it's a pretty special moment. So um, to be named again um, to represent the All Blacks, bro, was was pretty cool. We were pretty nervous leading into that selection. Um, obviously, you had a couple of club games coming back from from Japan. Was there a little bit of nerves? Um. I don't want to say nervous. Like there's always, you, you never know uh, what's going to happen, and there's always the possibility of of missing out or something like that. But I knew I'd done the work. Um, I backed myself. I thought I'd play pretty well overseas, um, and I, I I believe that I'm in a position where I'm going to contribute to a high level um, with the All Blacks as well. And um, being in conversation with coaching staff, with physical trainers and stuff like that, I felt in a really good spot. Um, I was pretty confident um, in my ability and what I could do if selected. Um, so I wouldn't say nerves, but there's always that, I guess, thing in the back of your mind saying that, like, you, you just never know. Um, but I was content either way. If I didn't get selected, yeah. um, I was, like, really willing to come back here, continue to play for Norths, um, go really well for the Lions, and then um, go down that route um, to get back in the black jersey. But 
have things work a different way and I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, man, I can't wait to see you lead that haka. You're very inspirational. You <laughs> it, my brother. Um, if you've got any, text, uh, any questions for TJ, make sure you text in double eight double three. But TJ, I want to ask you about Japan and obviously coming back and playing for the Norse. What was that experience like, playing over in Japan, the rugby? I know you went over there and played for the Red Hurricanes. Something about the Hurricanes setup you love, but you know, over there you played extremely well. And they're a team, oh, I followed them, they struggled in recent years. So having you over there and your experience and your knowledge, helping them, you know, get to the playoffs for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. Uh, we had a, a really um, good group of boys uh, who joined the team as well. Um, Tom Marshall, I think you played a bit with him, eh, bro? Yeah, yeah, Tom Marshall, he's great. Tom Marshall, like, but he's um, probably top two or three rugby players I reckon I've played with. A eh? like, there's just his mind, his the oh, way yeah? he applies well, himself to the game. Too, yeah, bro. <laughs> 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 You're out and out gifted, bro. I'll give you that. You're out and out gifted. Eh? Uh, I just like to just put it times. Thank you, my brother. But having having his mind um, and working with him. Um, was pretty special. We obviously had uh, Makazuli Mapimpi as well, uh, Marty Banks, um, Owen Williams. So we had a really good setup to um, to help guide our group. So the on-field stuff while I was over there was um, was awesome. We had a good coaching staff that helped us as well um, and helped lead the way there for us. Um, off-field was quite tough. My family come home yeah. um, back into January um, due to COVID and that. So um, the off-field stuff I wish was a little bit different, um, but it's just the world we live in at the moment. Um, so I'd love to go back and experience it for what Japan actually is. Mm. Um, and then coming back and playing for North Bro. Like, I'm playing with some of um, the boys I grew up playing this game with um, and, like, found the love for the game with these boys. So being able to give back to um, support it all and to those brothers, uh, it's, been, it's been awesome, mate. Awesome. TJ Baz McCallum here, mate. Congratulations on your, uh, on your selection back in the All Blacks as well. Hey, mate, you mentioned just before um, about how you've been uh, chatting with the coaching staff and, and the coaches about your physical well-being and, and your readiness for... Um, for international rugby again, obviously a topical conversation today around um, your your uh, your decisions that you had previously. I guess there's a there's a sit down conversation coming with uh, with the coach at some stage too, or has that already happened? About physical, like about being physically ready. No, 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 no. Sorry, just about um, some of the comments which came out today, obviously, uh, or yesterday, obviously. Um, Fozzy just just making uh, a, a couple of comments around the options that you had in front of you. Yeah, I don't think um, like the situation warrants a sit down. Like uh, me and Foz have a, a really, really good relationship, so um, I don't see any bad blood in in his comments. Like uh, people are allowed to um, assume or feel um, the way they want to feel, and um, but I don't hold any any grudge or anything about that. Like I say, the relationship between Foz and I. I was on the phone with Foz um, yesterday, post both of our interviews, and just talking about preparation to come into camp and stuff like that. So there's no. Um, I guess, yeah, ill blood or anything there. It's, we have our um, view on current situations that happen in the world and they are what they are, but we respect each other as um, as people and as humans and, yeah, that's where our relationship sits. I could back him up, mate. I've been in meetings when he's up there questioning <laughs> Steve Hansen, mate, about something. You know, he'll debate it to the death and he'll probably come out on top and win it too, or he'll think he wins it. So um, I could back you up, mate. Um but yeah. I just want to ask you, like, for the, a lot of people want to know about that, that obviously heading over and, like, obviously you're in the All Blacks, we don't want to bring it up, but, you know, going over and what, what really, um, you know, what really got you excited about the prospect of going over and having a Najeta Ligi, bro? Um, well, I always, like, 
I, w- I grew up playing the game and I loved the game um, growing up and I had an opportunity to go there um, at a younger age um, and but ended up staying here playing rugby and like loved that decision and um, it's a decision that I'm grateful that I made. Mm. Um, but then the opportunity um, arose again uh, while I was over in Japan um, working with um, the rugby union here and trying to and get back here. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say things were difficult, but things just didn't go um, as smoothly as I had anticipated. So with the, the friction, I guess, that was there, um, created space for other opportunities to open up. And that's where um, the league opportunity opened up and the uh, prospect of staying back in Japan opened up too. So um, those discussions started to unfold more and more um, the longer um, things took to find something off back here. And then getting those opportunities that started to, to rekindle um, these um, old ambitions, these dreams that have been in the back of my mind for a long time. So it was really um, it was really exciting, bro, to be mm, there, to, yeah. to go down to go down that path and get, uh, especially with a club like the Roosters and some yeah. of the um, coaching staff that they have around, some of the players that they have around, um, the more that those discussions got in depth, the more um, real they became, um, the more excited I became as well. Um, but like I said in the media yesterday as well, coming home, um, walking into Rugby League Park, training with the Hurricanes, like set in stone that it was the right decision. Mm. Um, that's This is where I really want to be. And although I did have those um, those feelings and we got really close to going, um, coming back and being in and amongst um, this environment and um, being back home with my family, um, that's, yeah, just clear and obvious that it was the right decision. Well, let's be honest, mate. If it was table tennis, you would have thought you would have won, been the best in the world at that. <laughs> you're that competitive, mate. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to test you. you're not too bad as well, boy. <laughs> I'll take you on a table tennis. Don't worry about that. Hey, we've got a, we got a text coming. TJ, notice last night, looks like you have lost a bit of weight. Is that a change of diet from being in Japan? Do you have to bulk up for coming back? Great question. Um, I guess I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah, that's a compliment, mate. You're looking good. <laughs> well, um, but nah, obviously, I'm, with the Japanese rugby, bro, like, is, is is there a different kind of shape? Come back playing test footy. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I made a lot less tackles over there. It was probably a difference in the game that I played. Like, I was a oh, lot heavier, heavily <laughs> involved. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot more heavily involved in the offensive side of the game than I was in the defensive side of the game, which I play a big role um, here on the defensive side of the game. But I really enjoyed um, applying myself um, more offensively um, over there. And um, it's probably a lot more how I played at the start of my career, how I was playing over there. So I really, really enjoyed it. Weight-wise, now I'm, like I've fluctuated between, say, 90 and 93 um, the last half a decade, bro. So that's where I, I sort of sit at the moment. Um, and I, I'm comfortable with where I'm at physically. Awesome, bro. We got you back in the All Blacks environment. We've just got a question here. How much do you enjoy your battle with uh, Aaron Smith? Obviously, he's playing 100 tests, so congratulations to a good mate. But Yeah, bro. That, awesome, eh? Obviously, you're a very competitive and you want to start every match. Do you enjoy that competitive yeah. kind of nature behind the behind the scenes within yeah. the All Blacks environment? Yeah, I do. Eh? I, I enjoy um, being in and amongst some of the best players in the world and um, testing ourselves daily um, to to fight for that top spot, to fight for being the best player, being um, the best professional on and off the field. Uh, it's it's an awesome um, relationship Nuggie and I um, share. Um, it's a space that um, we've developed over time to be able to compete against each other, whether it be at Super Rugby level, within the environment, but then 
to come to game day and to preparation, whoever's in that role, um, to be genuinely excited for the bro to go really well and to do as much as I can to prepare him to go well too. So the relationship we've built um, as competitors um, has been awesome. And then our relationship that we've built off the field has grown both of those, you know. Mate, I just want to say thank you for your honesty today and joining us on the show. We really appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. And uh, all the best for the up-and-coming uh, All Black Series. We'll be watching you with uh, best, interest, mate. brother. Yeah, brother. Catch up, bro. Thanks Cheers. for having me. Thanks, my bro. It's Later. 8.17, Thanks. and we'll have an odds update with the TAB after this. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Absolutely. And now it's one of my favourite times in the show because we get to talk about, oh, well, it's a hobby, it's a lifestyle, it's everything in between. It's punting, and it's Paul Moate from the TAB. You can watch all live racing and sports on the TAB on their app. Paul, morning. Paul, got you. You got me? Yeah, got you, got you, got you. What are we looking at today? Yesterday was Izzy Dag bragging about his, his massive click on Morikawa. What are we looking at today? Uh, I thought we'd have a look at the uh, World Match Play Darts, which is on live right Ooh. now. The match between Michael Van Gerwen and Damon Hitter has just started. Uh, Van Gerwen, a very, very warm favourite there. He's around the dollar ten mark at the moment. Uh, Damon Hitter at $5.50. There's one more match this morning... Uh, in that uh, world uh, match play darts, and that's the uh, Flying Scotsman, Gary Anderson, up against Stephen Bunting. Uh, Gary Anderson, he's a dollar sixty. Stephen Bunting is two dollars and eighteen cents. We've got a darts bonus back promotion uh, on that match. Place a pre-match head-to-head bet uh, on the match, and if your player doesn't win but hits five or more one eighties, we'll give you your money back up to fifty dollars as a bonus bet. So. Uh, a little bit of insurance there, just in case you back someone who doesn't win, but they play quite well. Absolutely, Paul. That's awesome. Loving that. And we've actually got a $50 bonus bet to give away today. I've just had my brain triggered by that chat. <laughs> Izzy's been cleaning up on the punts. I don't I don't know whether we should ride no, the hot hand. I got or... yesterday. It's all right. Michael Van Gogh. <laughs> Good man, Michael Van Gogh. Met him once. In, yeah? Yeah, in Auckland Hotel. Yeah. He's he is every bit of dart player. <laughs> he's a uh, yeah. He's obviously a gun player. He's a good follow on um, social media too. It's dollar ten, you say, Paul? Yeah, uh, Paul's gone, but that's that would be about right. What about what about favorite dart player? Double eight, double three for a fifty dollar bonus bet. Yeah, I like that power guy. What's his name? Power. Phil the power. Phil the power. Taylor, Taylor. Taylor mate. How good is that party? There you go. There's Van Van Gerwen up there now. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon double eight, double three. Who's your favourite darts player? And you need a TAB text with your TAB account number and your name, and we'll hook you up with that fifty dollar bonus bet. Um, absolutely love that. The darts are the alley pally around New Year's. That's addictive viewing. So he's only ranked number three, Michael Van Gerwen. I thought he was the best in the world at the moment. Clearly not. I can't say I'm a big dart. Are we sure that's the ranking, Bears? I don't it's know a much seating. About that. It's a seating, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. I know what you mean, though. He is every much, every bit of dart. Yeah, he gave me a shirt. It is ginormous. <laughs> a big. I heard it's green a great shirt. day. A great day out at the darts. Like, look at that. This is yeah, an yeah. unbelievable party. Obviously, not. No, there's a lot of people at this one. Uh, you play darts? I play darts. Yeah, I enjoy the darts game, but um, yeah, not not very good at it, but really enjoy it. Um, having a good nudge and, you know, whether we're at the pub on a Sunday or just at home with, with the lads, it's, yeah, it's good crack. Hey, Izzy, can I just say, um, 
applaud it and congratulations to you, mate. That TJ interview, you just handled that so well. That's just it was awesome to hear him so relaxed. Oh, and he's... just with a with a bro just talking and and he, he was honest. You could you could hear it in his voice. So well done, man. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we've got a text message actually. Get TJ back on. Um, he was awesome. He was uh, refreshing and very unique rugby player. So that was awesome yarn. So really appreciated him uh, coming in and. Um, yeah, just having a wee chat with us and opening up. And, yeah, if you've got any questions, again, we'd love to get them back on and, and be a part of our weekly crew. There's a couple more texts there. One about Finlay Christie, which I know that that you were you were giving Finlay a big couple of couple of sprooks yesterday. Is he like playing with him? He's got a bit a lot of ticket. Is the the halfback position from a depth point of view? We kind of spoke about it for a long time a couple of years ago. There was Smithy, and then who's about to play his hundredth, and then TJ. Do you think that there is that young talent coming through that next level? Oh, we got some we got some great talent, well, especially with Falau Fakatava, who's actually just coming back from a six month injury. He's a good Hawks Bay lad, so I'll pump his tyres up. But yeah, we, we're very well stocked in the, in the halfback arena. We've got a great question here. Do you think Finlay Christie has been hard done by? <clears throat> TJ's pass was extremely slow and struggled to make an impact when he was on the field in his last All Black season. Who was the second string halfback behind Aaron Smith? I'd be picking Weber. Liam. What was that? Yeah. You just coughed up. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. I, I got a bit of um, a bit of residue from last night's yeah, rum. Yeah, a bit of sickness, mate. Sorry about that. Um, that's a great question. Who is that, that second? Look, to be honest, we got three solid halfbacks. I, I think it's open. Um, you know, in that in that arena, we, Brad Weber has he's done extremely well when he's had an opportunity. And like I said at the early in the show, they're totally different um, halfbacks. You know, you got Aaron Smith, who's experienced. He's got a great box kick. Um, he's great around the field. His pass is world class. He'll always hit you on the money. And as a ten, you need that front football. You need that pass uh, slick and crisp. And then Brad Weber, unbelievable running game around that ruck. So they're totally different. Um, I, I think it's pretty even in there at the moment. What about these um, these texts about the darts players? These are good. I'm enjoying these. Snake bite right. That's good. Phil the power tailor, absolute legend. That's from Tim, Tim Toomer. The Aussie with the great beard, Simon Whitelock. That's from Nick. He's the one who looks like Brett Lee. Isn't he? Isn't he there with the crazy hair? He looks like that. He looks like Brett Lee, I reckon. Phil the power tailor. That's from Patrick. Phil's getting a lot of traction. And what we got someone else here said, uh, without a doubt, Michael Van Gogh those chats fizz me up. That's good. Darts, darts is a game for everyone, isn't it? Yes, it's a game. You for can't everyone. pick a darts player walking down the road. What is the perfect shape for a dart player? You know, like all these, you know, like you know, trying to throw that dart. What is the perfect shape? It's a is shape there? for all sizes. I'm trying to say. Is there a perfect shape? I'm not sure. It's a good question though. These are tests. See if you can find yourself a darts player as you're walking down the Queen Street this afternoon. Just can't ask him. How do you go? What do you throw? 180. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey. Things are starting to get pretty loose. <laughs> anyway, we will uh, we'll chat a little bit more after this. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we have been talking darts, and that has been a hot topic on the text. It seems there is many a dart follower, many a dart fan out there. Do we want to read through another couple of texts? Mate, I've got a perfect one. Perfect dart stature, large wingspan. Oh, that's good a that call. Makes sense. So it's just like that. But you wouldn't want too big a hand, so you want a large wingspan, but not Small oversized hands. hands. 
because otherwise the darts would get lost in the hands, wouldn't they? Would they? Or maybe they wouldn't. What is the perfect hand, if you know, as well, well for darts? Bucket hands. Is that phlegm? They used to call bucket hands. Who said? Who had that? Phlegm's got big hands, yeah. And that, that's like a. That, you want, a you want big hands if you're nickname. slipping, right? Yep. So yep. darts probably a little bit different, more petite. Well, I've seen him play darts. He can't. And it doesn't. Doesn't help him. Maybe that's the theory then. Hey, just just a quick sports story. Just in between, we'll get back to the darts. Um, we have. The finalists secured in the ANZ Netball Premiership. The Northern Stars have bowed out of the 2021 Premiership in heartbreaking fashion with a one-goal loss to Southern Steel on Monday night. It was last night. This is for your sister, Izzy. I know she wants the netball updates. There you go, Bucky. There you go. <laughs> 46-45 wins secures the Steel a spot in the elimination final on August 1 against the Mainland Tactics. We missed a few of the rivalry chats as well in the Great Feud. There was a, there was one that I just wanted to get you guys' take on. Shane Cameron, David Tua. I don't know if we got that to air, but do you remember the... the it wasn't really rivalry, no, was, was it? It was one-sided. It was a, but it was a feud because the Mountain Warrior was talking so much smack. But that's part of boxing, isn't it? Like, yeah. isn't the, like, you got to try and generate the publicity. And Mate, the... he tricked me. I went home after the races, booked it, he was already gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was like this Conor McGregor fight the other day. Oh. That got me too, 39.95. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. This is just the whole part, you know, the facade behind it, you know, the building up of the – so people go get the pay-per-views and people building their own brand. Well, i tell you which one, a, a boxing feud that didn't happen and was an actual feud was Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, because that fight didn't happen when it should have. Mm. And there was actually a hot, the boxing fraternity wanted that fight. They wanted to see it. So that probably should have been a feud, which wasn't. Well, 100%. I, I totally agree. I wish I saw that. There would have been a, an unbelievable fight. They didn't end up fighting. They did. They did. They did, but pa- way past the peak in 2015, I yeah, reckon. And Pacquiao yeah. was they a bit. Do it earlier. Yeah, yeah, Floyd. Floyd just he's he's smart, you know. He just waited and waited and waited, and then um, it was all over. And then Jeff Horn ended up. The Aussie ended up beating Pacquiao. Yes, I'm that's sure. right. That's right. Who's your favourite boxer in the world at the moment? Uh, Joe Parker. We're probably a yeah. I've got to go past Joey, but if I was going to look at anywhere else. Um, Oh, man, so, there's so many. I, I love um, Tyson Fury. Oh, how can you? I love the gypsy. Speaking of long, big wingspan. Yeah, he's got a big wingspan. And big hands. He's big hands. Oh, Tyson Fury, just what he's about. And, and I love how he speaks openly about his mental health struggles and what he did and what he went through. And that's, for me, what what I get out of it. Not not the, the show pony kind of stuff, how they drive fast cars. He lives a luxurious life. I love how he's real. And he's about his people, and um, yeah, he's a great boxer, man. I love how he puts on a show, and he, he obviously talks a bit of, bit of smack, but he walks that smack too. So you know, I love I love Tyson Fury. So that's another one you actually can't pick a boxer's stature. I don't, oh, not so much stature, but you couldn't pick a boxer walking down the street. The obvious ones you can, mm. but like you think of Andy Ruiz. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's my favourite boxer outside of Joe Parker. Really? Yeah, he is because he's just raw. He's natural. His speed is not the most athletic. But have you seen him lately? He's lost a lot of weight, and he's looking very, very athletic. 100%. Look him up. He's lost shredded so many kilos, and he's trying to come back into the boxing world. Like you said, surprised um, AJ. Yeah, he did. did I went to the fight, um, Ruiz Parker, here in um, in Auckland, actually, and that was a close fight, really close fight. Obviously, Joe got the the, uh, result in the end, but he sort of knew that, on his day, Andy Ruiz, he he can he can catch someone, you know. 
Definitely, and he did. He caught Joshua, and oh, yeah. and it was oh look, I wasn't sad to see Joshua go down because I think he can be a bit cocky at times. There's one text there, Baz. I want to get you to get to before we get to the break, but I just want to make sure because after this, we're gonna do in the sheds, and just a quick explainer for those who are listening and want to get involved with in the sheds. Bears and Izzy, they will say so themselves. They played top-level sport. I, when I met these guys, had so many questions that I wanted to ask them, and I'm sure that you, you out there will too. Double eight, double three, or get in touch. No eight hundred one five zero eight eleven, which is the Kennard's phone line. Kennard's Hire is making trade easy with a two-hour delivery promise. And get in touch. It's called In the Sheds. We're going to find out anything that is kind of top secret, let's call, from sport. Baz, one last text before we get to that. Yep, Chris. Chris's text. Mitch Satner, as well, has been an almost scratch golfer. He's also a gun darts player. Did you ever experience this? I did experience this. And speaking of long win- wingspans, or big wingspans, that Mitchell Satner has got very long arms. I've heard he's a good golfer. Freakish golfer. Yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys, you know, like, just makes things look real easy. Like, just frustratingly so. You know, he's got a very relaxed body language, but he's just incredibly talented, and he can throw darts as uh, as good as any amateur that I've seen, that's for sure. All right, that's it. and Slinky. Slinky probably goes to that, Nick. That probably sums it up, doesn't it? Slinky. So that, that, that's everything you say there. In the sheds after this, get your questions coming in. Double eight, double three. Bears and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to kick this home. We're hitting the last furlong. We're about to rip it home. In the sheds with Bears and Izzy. Morning. It's 17 minutes to nine. You're with Bears and Izzy for breakfast. In the sheds, it's a new wee segment. If you've got any questions or anything you want to know behind the scenes from myself and Bears, give us a call 0800 150 811. And remember, the caller of the month will win a trip to two to Perth for the Bledisloe Cup. Simply be a part of SENZ by calling 0800 150 811. Thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SENZ. Man, if that prize doesn't get you excited, <laughs> nothing will. A free trip. So make sure you get your calls in and uh, ask any questions, whatever you want to know, um, you know, fire it away. We've got a couple here as well, Is Lots of talk about lippy athletes today. Who is the lippiest athlete you guys have played with? <laughs> Who is the lippiest athlete I've ever played with? Um, well, you've stumped me here. There's plenty. There's plenty. Well, what from, from my point of view, yep. in cricket... The Australians, <laughs> <laughs> David Warner. It's not bad, but it's just it's not great chat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just words, it's noise, mm. it's just sticks and stones. You know, like it just doesn't really make any difference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love watching you and the uh, Aussie cricketers go at it on the field. You can actually see it out there when you're watching it on TV. Um, like I spoke about it. Any halfback. Lippy, totally lippy. Um, but I can't go past a guy, Kurt Baker. You know, Kurt <laughs> Baker, the sevens player. Uh, he's overseas, overseas representing us in Tokyo. He's a good man, wears his heart on his sleeve. But man, he is erratic with his chat. How does a sevens player have enough energy to be able to then start <laughs> lipping up? Well, one, they get they, they run the house down when they're training. So they're running yeah. around the Mount Monganui six times when they're in camp. That's before they go to training. So they're fit. They're the ultimate athlete. They they run for miles, end on end. Um, but him, he'll be have to have to be the most lippiest by far. All right, next one. How many beers in the sheds on average is consumed after a test match, lads? Now this is very different for cricket and for rugby, isn't it, Izzy? Um, well, that's one thing I've learned over the last few days <laughs> being around with you, mate. <laughs> 
Uh, I, th- I think the difference is that rugby's it's once a week an eighty minute game, and the intensity, yeah, the intensity <laughs> of it is, and the reliance on those around you and the team, right? It's just there's a real strong sort of camaraderie there. Whereas cricket's a little bit different. There's still a camaraderie clearly, but it's it's played over five days sometimes, and sometimes we still don't even get a result. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes over a long period of time. So that probably sums up. So the, just a quiet beer in the change rooms for you. Yeah, most days. Mm. Yeah. Look, it depends on what team you're in. You're obviously speaking on behalf of the Black Caps. Uh, you know, I guess when you're a younger guy and you're playing club footy, you know, you tend to get really excited early. <laughs> so every Saturday you're out there, you're really charging hard and you're going, you know, you're giving it, giving it all guns. And um, yeah, so uh, if I can talk on the All Blacks, you know, you're under pressure. You're in the environment for a very long time. You know, it's it's tough. Um, there's moments, you know, that, that's our getaway. So especially after a Bledisloe Cup too, when you lift that trophy, you're going to celebrate, mate. You're going to fill the, the Bledisloe Cup up with 58 beers. It's a wonderful moment when you get to drink out of that thing. And um, and no one would begrudge you of that, surely. You've no. worked hard for it. Yeah, you know, we worked hard. And, and it's it's a moment for you to connect with your mates. Like you, you spoke about it. There's nothing better sitting down with your mate next to you who's gone to battle, he's put in the hard yards, he's had your back and they're sitting there with him and just chewing the fat. Like, there's nothing better. And there'll be a lot of people out there uh, in the communities that they will feel that moment when they're with their mates and you're connecting and you're keeping, you know, talking about the yarns and what happened in the game, talking about the week ahead, week coming up. Well, that's one of the reasons I got into sport, actually, because I remember being a young young fella and my old man was playing a bit of uh, first-class cricket, but it was, he was playing club cricket at the time. I remember sitting around after the game and they were in the dressing room and me and my brother were there and just watching how many laughs and jokes these fellas were having sitting around in the change room having a beer and just enjoying themselves after a day. And that to me was the camaraderie which I wanted to be a part of and which is why I wanted to play a team sport. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Obviously we drink in moderation <laughs> and we want to make sure that we are sensible. But a is good cold beer best? after a game is, is fantastic. Yeah, all cricketers are addicted to coffee? Uh, not all cricketers. But Yourself? I, I like coffee, yeah. Probably depending on it a little bit, but I don't sleep a lot. Right? <laughs> I like to operate on sort of skinny hours and, and in a mild state of dehydration. That's kind of my kind of my catch cry a little bit. Is But I think a lot of coffee, a lot of cricketers are involved in, uh, enjoy coffee because I think of we've got so many breaks during games and, and guys don't like to eat a lot either. So coffee is a nice way to sort of tie things over. Hey, this is a great question, actually, I'm going to ask. I get asked this all the time. Um, hi, Izzy. How did it feel, given you were used by New Zealand for the 2015 World Cup? You didn't get picked. It annoyed me. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Mate, that's a question I get asked. And I'll be honest, I remember that year uh, having to fly. Um, you know, and the air hostess would obviously uh, try and get me up to, to perform in front of the you know, people in the, in, the, in the seats and everything like that. And I was like, no way, I'm not doing that. But reality is, look, I wasn't playing good enough and I obviously didn't deserve to go on that 2015 World Cup. I had a lot of injuries um, there's a lot of things happening in my life um, that probably you know, affected that, that my ability to go to that World Cup. But that's just part of um, you know, all, Air New Zealand at that time were a major sponsor for the All Blacks, so that was part of our roles of being in the New Zealand environment. We had to fulfil the, the requirements from sponsorships and um, obviously I, I don't mind rapping or singing so they got me And you're me very on. good at it too, so <laughs> neither you should. So they got me on and I, and I was very lucky enough to be able to work with a guy like Stan Walker uh, who actually carried me, so he had a sore, sore back old stand, but 
Look, let's, uh, it was probably one of, um, it was a really enjoyable, uh, you know, opportunity for me to, to get up there and um, put myself out there. And I had to learn the old dance for the men in black and everything like that. Um, but yeah, reality is I just wasn't good enough. So I didn't deserve to go. And, and I'll, I'll be honest about it. Yeah, I wasn't playing well. And, and the team went over then and they won the competition. Nihi Milnuskato, Waisaki Noholo, Ben Smith. They, they were better than me. Um, best thing about that is I came back, redeemed myself next year and um, never gave up. So any young fans out there, any young people struggling, never, ever give up because anything's possible. It would have been easy for me just to throw it all in and and pack my bags and sulk. And um, But I just dug deep and, and gave it a good go. So... Any young kids, stay in it. Nick's in your corner, mate. We're going to be back after uh, to wrap the show, and also we're going to speak with Smitty. We asked him yesterday to sleep on it with temper. That's Mizzy for breakfast, and it's time for our temper sleep on it. Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases can form to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. We are joined by Ian Smith for sleep on it. Is he? Yes, Smitty asked you yesterday. What's the solution with this red card? What's the solution? Uh, I like the 20-minute rule. Uh, I, I really did. I thought about it overnight uh, as I slept, and I thought to myself, the 20-minute rule that we used uh, during um, Aotearoa Rugby Super Series, I, I thought that was worth persevering with. I like that. I don't like to see the game punished for that long period of time. 70-something minutes in the weekend. Fortunately, mm. they got out of jail because Australia played out of their skins and ended up winning the game. The, the, the issue for me here is intent. Mm. Intent in, in the dictionary. You look up intent in the dictionary for the willful purpose of doing something. They've got a, if, there's, if there's intent, if they absolutely believe there's intent that some guy wants to nail someone that's got a score to settle or whatever, then absolutely, red card. Don't have a problem with that. Send them off because that's, you don't want to see that in the game. But if they think there's anything like mitigating factors... It cannot be. It cannot be. And, and the, you know, in the end, the IRB or rugby, World Rugby have turned that one over. So that's a kick in the guts for their own rules because the referee's saying we're, invo- we're, we're invoking what you tell us to do. So wrong. Absolutely wrong. Uh, bring in that and, and make the referees absolutely have to decide that there's willful intent to do damage there before you get a red card. How do we get them to make that decision? Who needs to come up to uh, come together to make those decisions? Well, I think they're capable of doing it now, mm. you know. But that power's been taken away from them. These these are sensible guys, but they, they are just following the rule book to the letter of the law. You can't do that. You cannot do that. You know, mm. you know, mate. You know, in rugby, you know when there's intent and you know when there isn't. And there was clearly wasn't at the weekend. Intent's probably a bigger word than mitigating for me. Mm. Punchy, you, love it. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Smitty. Outstanding. There's sleep on it, temper, a mattress like no other. Bears and Izzy. Stages of our breakfast show for today. Our winner for the TAB $50 bonus bet is Harry. And Harry said his favourite darts player would have to be Peter Snakebite Wright with the <laughs> out-of-control mohawk. That was good enough to get the job done. His... Yeah, I remember that guy. He dies at blue too. So you done yeah, very well. well. Well done, Harry. Spend it wisely. Follow me if you want to win some money, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good, uh, good show today, mate. Obviously, yeah. TJ, that was a great interview. That, that uh, well, we won't even call an interview. It was a conversation mm. between you and 
and TJ, I thought he spoke really well and, and your questions were, were fantastic. Yeah, there's some great chat and some great callers um, ringing in, text messages coming through from you as well. So thanks for all your uh, support and asking us a lot of questions. But yeah, great chat with TJ, my good friend. Uh, he's very honest and very open about it and I'm looking forward to it, seeing him get in there and someone asked a question, he's like, who is the number one halfback? And oh, I'm not going to sit on the fence here. I just don't think we can can nail that right down at the moment. We've got to get them in there and get them underneath the training, see what they're doing. Um, like I've said, they're all different players. And I think, actually, they're all going to suit different teams. You know, you got Australia who play quick, so Aaron Smith or um, Weber will probably suit that kind of style. You play South Africa who are big, bulky, so TJ Peronala, who like, he's very physical, will probably suit that style. So I think there's actually tactical awareness behind their decision-making going into those test matches that's probably going to be key um, going forward. Well, you are sitting on the fence because you've just said all of them have got a good opportunity. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm any, not sitting on anyway. the there's a, there's a reasoning behind it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was great chat to uh, TJ. It was also great to chat to Foxy and chat a little bit of Olympics. Tomorrow's a big day as well. Um, we've got some fabulous guests, but that is pretty much it for us. So for the rest of the day, you've got... Uh, Rockstar SENZ team to come in. Smith is going to be with you shortly from 9 to 12. You've got Staffy in the Arvo and you've got Beaver for drive. Big thank you to all of our team. Louis, Trudy, Kieran and Joe. And this was Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Kakitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.